0: hello
1: hello sir how are you i'm doing dandy good There we go all set up all echoey <laughs> all <ready to> go. <laughs> there we are
0: you can hear the echo on your end or are you just assuming there's an echo
1: i'm assuming i sound terrible <laughs> but that's okay
0: <laughs> that's fine
1: everyone everyone gets it everyone knows it
0: mm-hmm. that's fine you know
1: yeah it's like uh, leonard cohen says everybody knows did he say that and then he said, uh, don't use Alleluia for, like, superhero movies and shit. It's, uh, it's, it's, about, it's about sex. Unless they're uh, having sex. In which case, that's okay. Is it but about, don't use it for other reasons.
0: Is it about sex or is it about trying to have sex? Ah, all right. I feel like enough. it's more like a come-on song than it is a... Because you know what? It's Leonard Cohen. All his songs are come-on songs. That's the amazing thing about Leonard Cohen, is that anytime he's you talk to a woman of a certain age, yeah. and let's say a sophisticated age... They will tell you almost right away how much they love Leonard Cohen, and you'd be like, "But he's a total creeper." Well, <laughs> Dude, here's the thing. you don't say that aloud. You just think in your mind. You're like, "But he's a yeah. total creeper."
1: I'm not. Dis- I'm not disagreeing. Um, <laughs> here's here's where I think like he makes all his songs about sex. Yeah, because that's where he makes his money. Because mm. he is a hotel.
0: <laughs> he's a hotel.
1: Yeah, that was his uh, special. I am
0: a hotel. Oh, okay, okay. Once again, I, I really, I'm not a fan of deep-voiced singers, and so, what are you laughing at?
1: I'm laughing. I'm just thinking, uh, oh, poor crash-test dummies. Yeah, exactly. Never, uh...
0: <laughs> exactly. There's another example of a of a group who I would much rather listen to the XTC version of the Ballad of Peter Pumpkinhead than their very low cast voice version of it. I just find, I don't know, let's find it. You know, it's okay in like a novelty song, like Mr. Grinch, like you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Like I like Thurl Ravencroft's voice there, you know. But yeah, but I wouldn't want to hear that guy sing like Yesterday by the Beatles.
1: Then you shouldn't, and don't <laughs> put up with
0: that. You don't. I just, I completely have cut off. I've cut myself off from that that part of life. But
1: okay, good. And if you need, if you ever want to see, I am a hotel that is available on YouTube. I'm sure uh, it is. It's a Canadian uh, made for TV shirt musical film from. Yeah, 1983.
0: There's a fun, there's a fun one from the 60s, uh, an NFB short film, uh, following Leonard Cohen about Montreal for a day. And, oh, nice. Yeah, he like hangs out at a hotel, and then he goes and he does like a poetry reading, and and he's I don't know if he's quite got his singing career up on the go then. It feels like he wants to, but he's not quite there. Mm-hmm. And so he's still like a poet, but he's a, kind of a rock and roll poet, you know. And yeah. well, uh, li- go ahead, please. No, no, you, you say.
1: I was just going, and and he ended up a monk at the end. But okay,
0: go ahead. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, and that's an argument why you shouldn't end up a monk because then his his uh, business manager stole all his money. Well, what are you so do? then he you're had... a
1: rock, you're a rock and monk. It sounds like
0: <laughs> then he had to you go, had go on the road to and go... tour. Yeah, you were
1: like a rock star. Yeah, it. I don't know if you were a rock star, but let's say rock star. He uh, played, he played on rock station. He
0: made some money. Then, yep.
1: He made so, he made some money. This is all part of the show, by the way.
0: Um, <laughs> he's uh, please. Uh, he's a, he's, all right, I'll he's turn on the recorder rock, now.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's a he's a rock star. Yeah, and um and then he uh, becomes a monk, mm-hmm. and then he loses all his money. Yeah, and that's your sitcom. You were the rock monk, and now you got like, <laughs> oh, I got to work my way back, but I'm going to become a star again one day. He has to and, live with his
0: straight-edged daughter, who's an atheist.
1: I like it. And then, um, yeah, and then you know, there's one monk who's always silent. So you got the Larry, Daryl, and Daryl thing going on.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, he had to go out and tour like in his late 70s. He was out on the road touring with, uh, you know. And I think he put out some albums as well, which they were well thought of. But I feel like they were more the ladies who were singing with him were doing more of the heavy lifting than he was. I mean, he was writing the songs and stuff, which is obviously heavy lifting, but in terms of, in terms of performance, he, yeah. I felt like he was kind of like coasting on the fact that he had some really good backing singers helping him out. And, uh, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. And when someone steals millions upon millions of dollars from you while you're, uh, meditating in the Hills at a very expensive and exclusive Buddhist monastery, then, uh,
1: yeah. When you're touching someone's perfect body with your mind, <laughs>
0: right wallet <laughs> Zen and zing <laughs> Zen in the
1: yard hey where's my where's my stuff oh no shit Did you at least have that motorcycle i was working on they drove
0: off with it? Ah, shit. Okay. have you read it if you read any of his novels like the perfect losers or anything
1: of course i haven't oh, okay
0: that's <laughs> curious I'm sorry that's fine. No, I'm,
1: I apologize. I have, I'm assuming you haven't. If you have,
0: I have read one. I read one of his novels. I think I read The Perfect oh, okay. Losers, but it, it was okay. It was you know it's like, it's it was written in Greece, but it's still like it's still like a Canadian novel. Like it feels like you're reading a you know that kind of um, that kind of uh, what's this, what's what I'm looking for that very kind of repressed uh, chip on the shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Canadian literature of that time period. You know, people trying just a little too hard to you know I'm over here. <laughs> Yeah, it's not bad though. It's it's, it's enjoyable.
1: Okay, so anyway, that's a recommendation should... for, uh, for Leonard Cohen's novel. Uh, <laughs> I'll throw out a recommendation for I Am a Hotel, the 1983 uh, uh, made for TV short musical film. And let's get started with Sneaky Dragon. Yes. <laughs> Hi everybody! Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian
0: Boothby, and I'm David Dedrick.
1: And we are recording this on New Year's Rockin' Eve. <laughs>
0: it's, a, it's a Rockin' Eve, yeah,
1: yeah. 2020, the year so nice. Uh, they named it twice.
0: <laughs> Woo!
1: And uh, we've got on the show today. We've got Smash Mouth. Ooh. We've got Mouth Smash. Ooh, dear. We've got Chin Chin Guard. Oh, that's we've good. We've got The Wiggles. <laughs> we, we got bananas in pajamas. <laughs> They're coming down the stairs. It's taking a
0: real Australian uh, turn. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and we'll
1: be dropping the ball, not like an actual ball, but we'll just be dropping the ball. Like
0: dropping the, ball. Uh, the Wiggles are promoting their new album, The Wiggles Down Under. Sure. Yeah.
1: I, I'd go to Australia if I could.
0: <laughs> sure.
1: Sounds okay. It's nice that the, yeah, we're, we're now at the point in the, in the, this, is how, this is how bad things are. The place that has the most poisonous snakes, the most poisonous spiders, uh, great white sharks, yep. crocodiles. That's the safe place now in
0: <laughs> the Too too intemperate for a for a uh, virus.
1: Yes, that's right. Absolutely. So you know, there you go. Uh, or New Zealand. That's still you know, it's not as good as it used to be, but it's pretty good. So go, New Zealand's also. Good.
0: They're, they're all doing pretty uh, good.
1: Yeah. Speaking of New Zealand, I want uh, someone put up a little just meme the other day, okay. and it was uh, a, a a thing from Lord of the Rings, and it's the orcs. And the orcs uh, were saying, uh, uh, "Looks like meats back on the menu," and uh, they were uh, laughing. And uh, and it's a scene from The Lord of the Rings. Okay. And I looked and I looked at that and just went, "Menu? <laughs> like, when, when have the orcs gotten a menu? Like when have they got a restaurant and like, uh, oh, what's on the menu? Oh, uh, well, we don't have meat today. Oh, that's all right. Well, guys, we don't have meat. Well, we could eat the waiter. Good point. All right, we're gonna eat you." Um, but yeah, menu. <laughs> maybe it's just translating it from orc. And, yeah, that's uh,
0: right. That's They didn't actually say menu. It's just a way to make it so we understand it. Yeah. It's an it idiomatic eat, expression.
1: Yeah, maybe they'll just eat each other and it's uh, orc, the other white meat. I don't know.
0: <laughs> but he, actually, what he said was it looks like meats in the rotisserie oven.
1: Oh, okay, sure. That's, that's how it actually translates. Yeah,
0: that's what it actually said, but it doesn't make sense to us. So menu right. makes more sense. They're so like, oh, I got it. Okay. I know
1: you speak orc and I speak elvish so we can really <laughs> do a deep dive on the uh, on the book
0: Exactly right <laughs>
1: I should have learned French that was my mistake but instead nope I have to learn elvish
0: <laughs> Speaking uh, of speaking of me. a sitcom mm-hmm. one speaks orc the other speaks elvish
1: that would be good and <laughs> like for all that uh, you know a dwarf and uh, and an elf yeah. Can't get along. Sure. It's like, well, the orc and the the <laughs> the orc and the elf. I'd watch a show called The Orc and the Elf.
0: <laughs> is it? Wait. Oh, no, it's not.
1: The orc couple. I was going to say,
0: isn't that. That, isn't that Bright or whatever it's called? But no, it's not. Quite. Uh,
1: yeah, maybe it is. But I've, I've forgotten Bright. That's <laughs> what most people have. I have I not. I've, yeah.
0: I have I a shirt that says that. Remember Bright.
1: <laughs> yes. Never, 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 never forget, forget Bright. Uh, <laughs> never forgive, never forget.
0: You thought 2020 was bad. Remember Bright?
1: Yeah, I think when we, we were, we talked about Onward in our uh, fans planner show. Yeah. And I think one of my big beefs with Onward was I was like, ugh, I think I'm remembering right
0: <laughs> maybe, too much. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, maybe. <laughs>
1: that it, being fair.
0: Yeah. And I mean, your complaint about it, that it didn't like fill in the world enough, it was like a totally justifiable criticism of Bright as well, where it felt like it was just like everything was like just the most, in the most simplistic way, like just overlaid like our real world. Mm. You know, and like it's just like a few references to 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 the the so called mythology of the world, but everything else is just like ours. You know, so they just drive like cars that just look exactly like our cars, and there's nothing there's no nothing about them that like you go, oh, that's a neat idea. Like, I guess if you lived in a world where there were centaurs, you would have to have that in a car, but it doesn't have that. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's
1: the that's the fun of uh, one of those one of those worlds. Oh, so it's all the overthinking of it, of, of course, too. But <laughs> the
0: idea, that,
1: like you know, if if we were all underwater, life would just same. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, the
1: same. It's like, what is, though? I don't know. It yeah. would be the same. I think different it sure. might be a thing.
0: Um, at the very least, styles would be different.
1: Did you see uh, when it came out? I don't know if we brought this up. Uh, Mazes and Monsters. Did you watch? Did you watch that?
0: You know, I feel like I did. Is that the Tom Hanks one? Yes. So I probably didn't know who he was when I saw it, but I, I...
1: like thinking of it as the Chris Makepeace one. But yes,
0: <laughs> of course you would. What am I thinking of? Uh, so I do think I watched it because I was if I was a like a I was really interested in Dungeons and Dragons at that age, and so I'm pretty sure I would have been like attracted to it as a, as a thing. And I, and every you know I would spend my because I was a a lonely child for many for, um, during parts of my life, and so I'd often like spend time scanning the TV guide for things that would be interesting to watch, you know? So you'd be like, what can I watch this week? And then you'd like, I just kind of read through all the, through the TV guide. And then I'd be like, oh, Mazes and Monsters. Okay. Well, I'll have to like, I think it was probably on a Friday night. (laughs) I'm not not doing anything. It's Friday. So I'll watch that. So yeah, no, I do. Did you see it when it came out?
1: I I did not. No, I've I've only heard about it. And I'm, I'm looking at the poster for it right now. Mm. And it's great.
0: (laughs) It's more... It's not as great as you think. It's more—it's more one of those movies that it's like—it's like a—it's like, like a PCP movie only with Dungeons and Dragons, in the or a, or a, you know like a—I don't remember satanic cult movies, but it's kind of of that sort of panicky mode, you know, where it's just like if you do this, bad things will happen, you know, like if you right. do this, you'll go crazy, not for any reason. I mean, it's possible as a young person that you will go crazy because that is like a, one of the risks of growing up is that you might develop. Uh, schizophrenia in your teens right. and early adult that's where it usually occurs so it's a possibility that that could happen and it might be centered around Dungeons and Dragons I don't know but the idea that Dungeons and Dragons is the like the prime cause of it is which of course the movie is what, what the movie's about it's a, it's rather odd but uh there you go and of course it's one of those things where it ne- it's never it doesn't feel like any of them actually know or like the game mm. You know, and it's not like a game that you recognize as Dungeons and Dragons.
1: Which that I don't get, because you would feel that uh, sure. writers are nerds, and they would know that.
0: You, yeah, like you'd think that. But I feel like, like
1: it amazes me almost yeah. whenever I see a uh, a comic con in anything. You know, as like on TV or a film, and it's like, well, that's not a comic con at all. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> you've been to a comic con? How are you getting this wrong? Mm-hmm. One, you're a writer, so you're probably a nerd. And two, you, you promote this TV show more than likely at Comic-Con. Why don't you know what a Comic-Con is at all? Yeah, like, but... not I, even close.
0: I mean, I guess that's true, but I, I don't know how like nerdy writers really are. I mean, I think there's a certain I mean, nerd... nerd my, nerdy. I guess to a degree, <laughs> but... There's lots that aren't nerdy. There's lots that just are fans of things that aren't. I mean, if you're going to say, like, being a fan of romance movies is nerdy, I guess that's nerdy. But I don't think that's the si- what you mean when you think of nerdy or is necessarily Comic-Con centered, you know. Like... OK,
1: well, so, say you got a TV show that's uh, OK. If you got like a Law and Order SVU or yeah, yeah. a Castle or you got any 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 one of those. Yeah, it's, it's a it's it's one, you know, what do you got procedural. Yeah, sure. And then they are eventually going to go to a comic. They just will. They're going to go to a Comic-Con. And they're yeah. going to be 100% wrong what a hundred percent wrong. What Comic Con <laughs> looks like, what, what yeah, happens yeah. there, and I'm okay. like, you go there. Like I've sure. seen this show there. <laughs> so what are you talking about? Why? Why does no one uh, in that writers' room? You're telling me all these people yeah. that have are, are uh, anal enough to be able to write, you know, these scripts, which you know you have to be. Yeah, <clears throat> they don't know. They don't know uh, liars. It's like it's, think, it's, like, well, it's like it's like it's like we're going to an orgy. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's the orgy scene. Now, as we do at these orgies, everyone put on your special hats. It's like, well, there's no special hats. Yeah. But like, you
0: know, just, <laughs> they don't know. I and mean, you clearly they
1: haven't been to an orgy. Like, all right, fair
0: <laughs> enough. Well, that, but I mean, that's the same with everything. Like, if you watch like a, I haven't watched it, but I was watching like a funny review of a Hallmark kind of movie about a boy who gets addicted to computer porn. Okay. And like when you watch it. Like there's absolutely like nothing that feels real about what he's doing because
1: right, he's actually having
0: sex with a computer. <laughs> so that's right. Find a new use for the floppy drive. He. It is now that old. It is that, a old it is that older movie. It is It's a hard drive. drive. <laughs> okay. So, so, but when you watch, you know, so you feel like there's a few. But there's also, there's a few stages between like when the person writes it to when the director, you know, starts to envision it. What the sec. You know, what the, the, the designers think and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's likely that maybe the writers have been to Comic Con. Maybe the directors been, but probably not. But definitely the set designers and people like that have never been to a Comic Con. So they're the ones who are given the job of like creating on a, on a TV budget, a comic, Comic Con, right? So they're like renting one small space in, in a, or building a, a, you know, a kind of a, comic-con like thing in a studio but more likely like renting a space and then having to like on a budget dress it up like comic-con but also do it so that you're not using any licensed products because then you have to pay for them and so you know it keeps getting more and more down market as you go and you end up with tv comic-con i think is part of the problem i don't want to hack on people for stuff like that but I, i will hack on people for not for writing like exploitative or Yeah, just exploitative material, and but obviously having like no experience with it, you know. So when you're watching it, you're like, well, that's not how it works. So you know, what are you even talking about this? Like, if you've never played Dungeons and Dragons, why would you think, you know, like they're playing a game and there's no Doritos on the table? Like, what? That's the that's the (laughs) linchpin of the game. That one for a
1: brief period. of Three period of time, Pringles, Pringles ruled <laughs> for a while, and then people went. You know, these aren't great. <laughs> that no, that
0: one bag of Doritos that you could talk your mom into buying at the grocery store for you. <laughs> the one, the uh, two bottles, a, like two brushes. bottles of pop. You know, oh yeah, somebody. we
1: could all touch the same chips. It was, so,
0: oh, <laughs> it was so hard to to convince your parents to help out on these things. Okay, you guys all have to stay downstairs tonight because I got my friends over. We're going to use the kitchen. Can we walk in and out and talk to you? No. Oh, but we will. Great. No, you'll ruin the mood. The kobolds are attacking.
1: I'm a paladin. (laughs) Well, paladin's got to take out the garbage. All right. Did the paladin walk the dog? That's it. Make it a quest. Okay.
0: My friends are here. Mom
1: rolled a 20. She rolled a 20. i got to walk the dog. My mom rolled a 20. What
0: What can I do? What
1: can I do? Off we
0: go. Yeah. So,
1: we're, um, okay, so is uh, another uh, one of those questions I ask. Sure. Um, so, 20 sided die, were those like made up just for role playing games?
0: I believe so. The four sided, okay. the the uh, eight sided were all. Uh, I believe so. Okay. I'm, I mean, why not?
1: No, I just wondered if they were uh, used for something else before and then oh, yeah. someone created a game and went, uh, hey, I got a <laughs> use for that 20 sided die.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wonder if there's like, they started with one, one extra die. Like, maybe they were rolling, like, maybe they started off by rolling, like, you know, an equivalent number of, of dice so you could conceivably get 20. That's not even that hard. It's only, like, there's six sides. You only have to roll three dice. And they're just like, oh, so tiresome having to add this up. <laughs> so, I, I, yeah, it's just kind of weird, actually. Or maybe it just adds. Well, the problem with a three side using three die, of course, is that you can never get less than, than three. So, I guess it just gives you more more variety across. A-
1: oh, that's a good point.
0: You know, it gives you more of a chance of of uh, rolling low and... and yeah.
1: I the, yeah, I think the 20-sided die should just be used for more stuff. Like, like it, it would just make a game of, like, Trouble or Sorry just, like, fly by.
0: <laughs> unless, well, unless you had to move backwards that equivalent number.
1: Oh, is that how it works in uh, Trouble and Sorry? You do have to go back a bit, that's true. You
0: do have to go back and forth, that's part of the... the the sorry and the trouble of the game is right. here.
1: you don't have to yeah nowadays kids don't ring the bell like you had to in the old days the only reason i know that <laughs> it's
0: is from, from carol, carol burnett, burnett. <laughs> i never i never played that version so I, I i didn't when she was doing that i was just like what a strange twist on this game but I, maybe I got, it did it come with a bell
1: or i think back then a house had a bell oh, okay More houses had bells sure. we got to,
0: well you wanted how, angels to get their wings
1: that's true that's how uh we got called in for dinner was uh, ringing of a bell outside, and then you came in. I guess you're lying. You know, they didn't want to yell. <laughs> you're, you're, you know,
0: are you telling the truth?
1: I am telling the truth. We got we got brought in by a bell.
0: Yeah, really. My mom just yelled for us.
1: Yeah, I guess you know that gets old.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well especially since we were of the opinion that the third cr- call was the time we should come in
1: oh no we
0: did not no. we didn't whereas our friend who i considered to be a real suckhole, he would like zoom zoom off as soon as his dad called him but looking back at it now i think there was i think his dad was a very strict person i don't want to say there was you know abuse but i think there was it was a very he grew up in a very much stricter Um, upbringing than I did so so I used to be really mad when he would like take off right away but I feel I was unfair because he obviously he knew more than I did about how necessary it was that he got home on time whereas my brother and I were just like la-di-da oh she just called twice it's fine and then the final call which she sounded really angry we're like oh we gotta go
1: (laughs) I, I'm just hoping that that uh, other kid uh, just had a good meal, like it was a
0: really <laughs> such good a good food. meal, yeah, yeah. So it was yeah. like, zoom, you
1: got to get there, you know, before uh, other people finish. it uh, off.
0: So I wish, I, I wish. I feel like I just looking back on it, his dad was like a, a no fun guy, you know, like you could uh-huh. tell, you could tell he was just like no. Although you know they they did like take take their son to like he was really wanted to be in musical theater, and they would. They would drive him to plays and stuff like that, and he would sing in shows and stuff like that as like in a, as an elementary school age kid. So, you know, they might have just been like, you know, had their rules and were strict strict about it, but not mean about. I mean, slightly mean if you think it's mean to like have to follow rules, but not necessarily brutal about it. Just you know, had firm rules and had to follow them. He was a real high achieving kid, so yeah, I was sort of jealous of his his go his go getting nature, but I was not of that. I'm not of that ilk.
1: Would you have wanted to be a musical theater kid back
0: then? I I had a lot of ham in me. I think I would have I would have liked that. I would have liked that. But I I grew up in a sporty family, mm-hmm. so sports were like a number one in our in our family. You you got driven to sports, and your and my dad coached me in soccer, and coached my brothers in baseball and stuff like that. And you know, we played sports in the backyard. Like we were a we were a sports family. So my my more my inclination towards the arts was never really like. Super understandable to, every, to everyone else, you know, because we were just like everything was all geared towards. And what was nice though was that when I was older and I could like have my way, and I just quit all quit all sports. Uh, I would get the house to myself quite often because my parents and brothers would be out at games, and uh, that was really great, just to have the whole house to myself. When you grow up, when you grow up as a one of five in a house, it's nice to when the house is empty. Did you ever experience that?
1: uh oh, i love i love an empty house there was times yeah where my parents would go on vacation i stay and it was so great
0: <laughs> well I know, like, okay that is, i'm talking more like when i was much younger than where when you couldn't like you didn't, didn't just have the freedom just to like yeah like you very rare that you would be able to like, my parents would never leave us on vacation but
1: i think they uh i think they left me on vacation like too early probably okay uh, shouldn't, have, shouldn't have yeah I I, I I can't tell you exactly what teen years but it was like too early to be probably mm. leaving me. Out of
0: here.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was still uh, awesome.
0: And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, know, no. do no. okay,
1: pl- yeah. Oh man, a place to yourself. Holy cow. <laughs> oh, so great. Yeah,
0: What's it's... better than that? Oh yeah, I noticed go make go make some Kool Aid and only you will drink it. Yeah. Look around, just no one's coming in behind you to
1: take I'll it. Out eat of your some, <laughs> uh, I'll eat some MSG right out of the uh, package. <laughs> Get that nice buzz going.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know that was that was a great feeling.
1: I do a thing where I like take the the Kool Aid powder. And I'd basically almost fill a glass with it and then just put a bit of water in there, make a mush, and eat it.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. No, I never, yeah. did. never did that.
1: Never and did I'd it. lie down on the floor because my heart exploded. <laughs> uh, someone would call an ambulance and get a new heart and start all over again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> MS- MSG. Yeah,
1: I love the taste of MSG so much. Oh, it's just such a great buzz.
0: Do you believe that it gives you... Uh... The people are like, super pe- pe- Superpowers? No, people people can be aller- allergic to it. I've heard that that's oh, I'm like... Sure, a, I'm
1: sure anyone can be allergic to anything, but I, it's both, I think it's uh, a reaction to the sodium. So the sodium oh, will okay. give you a headache if you have too much... Like, I, yeah. I, I react badly to sodium now, maybe because I ate MSG as a kid. <laughs> um, but I used to have a bad reaction from MSG, and then it was like, no, you don't, that's racist. And I'm like, okay. I,
0: I really? Is that what was said?
1: Oh, absolutely, 100%. Because
0: um, hmm.
1: uh, people were very anti MSG and they were like I don't want MSG in this, but it's it's it you can react to it like you'd react to salt. Sure. And and so my reaction to salt is yeah, getting a throbbing headache, my heart racing. Mm-hmm. It's not a it's not a good reaction. That's my reaction a lot of times to MSG. Yeah, it so, has sodium. Uh,
0: yeah. Obviously, it has sodium in it but since it's in the name. So I can see that. I do I do remember eating at a at a Chinese restaurant one time in in North Delta and coming and leaving and I had really numb lips. And I've often thought back to that and wondered, like, was that, like, an MSG reaction? But then I've heard that that's, it's not a thing. So I, I always wonder, I wonder what I was reacting to in what I ate that I had, like, numbness there. It's it never, I've never had it since then.
1: Yeah. there. I mean, there was a degree of uh, racism towards people who were, like, anti-MSG. You know, as in, like, it's this food and ugh, those people, you know, they put this stuff in the food. and It's, yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah.
0: okay. Oh it's a, it's a oh it's a flavoring. Yeah, it's a flavoring agent. Flavoring thing, and it makes things better. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you
1: like a do you like a Big Mac? Yeah, it's got that. It's got
0: that. <laughs> it's got too. It it's yes. got also. It's one of the seven. It's one of the whatever
1: yeah. herbs and spices in cooking fried chicken. It's in the things you like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. stop it. Yeah. <laughs> you know your grandma. You like her? Yeah. She, she's. It's. She's full of it. Full of it.
0: <laughs> that's, that's that's the third ingredient is grandma.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's right. We tried to put love in, and we're like, what type of love? Okay, grandma love. So we took some, <laughs> some shavings from grandma, put that in.
2: Oh. That's, right,
1: chicken. Yeah, oh, but dude. you're not going to stop eating it. So, you know, don't tell me. Don't tell me you've got standards. You don't. Huh. You don't.
0: So what, what, what age did you start doing uh, music, like acting in plays and stuff like that as a kid, or being like an extra? And...
1: Uh, twelve.
0: Okay, twelve. Yeah,
1: that was when I was having uh, I was having a real. Oh, we moved here. I was having a real rough time. Yeah. So a teacher spotted me, going like, "Ooh, this guy's in trouble." Uh, and then uh, I, I did like Green Thumb Theater uh, classes uh, for, for for young youngsters. Yeah. And then I auditioned for a play called uh, Oh, well, I, I auditioned for uh, Oliver, and I became one of the. Um, uh, Fagan boys Yeah, uh, Charlie Bates was me or Master Bates as we all had a good laugh <laughs> um, and then after that I auditioned for a <laughs> play called All Wilderness Eugene O'Neill uh, play and I got uh, a talk and roll and then I was hooked uh, from that point on and then you know, as you went into uh, junior high school you could audition for musical stuff there and so I did and I had no idea if I could sing or not and then people didn't tell me I couldn't sing, so I kept doing it. Hmm. How, about, how about you? So how'd you go from sporty to uh, singy?
0: Oh, I didn't go from sporty to singy. I went from sporty to arty. Like I just would draw. I mean, I was drawing anyway. Like you know, I drew before I could before I could read. I was drawing car- uh, okay. comics. Was, and that, stuff. was
1: that encouraged by your parents?
0: I wasn't discouraged. I mean, they 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 liked that I like to draw and then I you know and I would show them my little. I would do these little kind of um, wordless almost slapsticky cartoons starring a char- character that I called Charlie Chan, just based on the fact that I liked the name of the character. I didn't know who he was. Right. But I think it was probably like thinking maybe Charlie Chaplin. I was confused as a kid, but I just drew these like, they didn't look, it didn't look like Charlie Chan. It was just like a name I gave this kind of round eyed, round bodied, round headed, beheaded character who would almost like, he was just sort of like a slight advance on a stick man. And I would just do little, like little cartoons. I like to draw on the on the little divider card that came in, in Muffets in those days, but before they put them in little bags inside the box. The originally, Muffets came in these layers with these right. car- cards in between each layer of these brown discs of <laughs> shredded wheat. And so I would, you know, as we we would eat these quite often, because my dad worked for Quakers, so uh, I would amass these cards, and then I would draw cartoons on the back of them. Because they were just really pleasing to, like, push the pen into the cardboard, and it would slightly, you know, it you would put this crease in it as you drew and I found that very pleasing as a kid which is weird because now I'm like the lightest writer on earth but then I really like to press into the cardboard I guess but yeah Yeah. so I used to draw on that quite a bit and I would have I just had like piles of these little Comic strips. I would usually have to explain what was happening, though, because my art, my drawing was so, so basic. This is really hard. So I'd have to like explain the hilarious gag that was uh, being represented.
1: Were you uh, inspired by like Mad Magazine or
0: no? This would have been before I'd even read Mad Magazine. I think I yeah. was just inspired by seeing newspaper comics. But um, I like I say, I was just before I was writing. Before I could write, and I could read before I started school. So I probably was reading comics in the paper at that time mm-hmm. and then i was just like making up my own idea of what what was funny about them you know like because a lot of the you know obviously reading high and Lois, i would i don't i have no idea what i was reading i was reading the vancouver sun because my parents were sun people but i have no idea what comics i was reading but i just liked you know just the idea of drawing and and the idea of telling jokes in this way and so i would i would do that and a very, you know, obviously as a child, it's very clumsy and probably not, not that hilarious as a, for, to an adult. But, and then I, actually having a kid have to ex- explain what you're looking at also probably didn't help the storytelling. But yeah, I, like I took a lot of, uh, I just, I just really like being funny. So I remember, I think it was grade two, might have been grade two or three, I wrote this story, um, a little short story about me being like trapped in a tree by a crocodile. And... um I remember my dad reading it and laughing his head off and saying, "You should write for Jack Benny." Which, of course, there's no <laughs> way there, because you know he was like, "He was still alive." He was still alive, but yeah, he yeah, there, he wasn't hiring at that time, you know. But uh, and that he, was. And
1: if you did write for Jack Benny, you know what you would have been—you would have oh. been one of the kids in the hall. Kids in the hall, yeah, that's
0: right. <laughs> so, but I just—I always just remember being very pleased at that idea that I was funny enough that I could write for a comedian who I—I I knew at least from like t- appearances on variety shows and stuff like that when I was a kid. And, uh, yeah, I was, yeah, I just like the idea of being funny. So that was kind of like my, uh, my aim in life, my whole life to this very day. Um, so yeah, that was like my whole, (laughs) where, where I, where I was pointed, but yeah, I just, so I liked the idea of using comics as a kid as a, as a way to be funny. And later on I would like redraw, uh, Peanuts cartoons with my own characters doing the gags from Peanuts. Oh, okay. Because I couldn't think of my own jokes, I would just steal Charles Schultz, yeah, Charles Schultz's, that, that Schultz's jokes. going on about
1: Jesus
0: for a long time. <laughs> I liked. I don't know. I remember redrawing the one of Charlie Brown in the rain on the pitcher's mound. I don't remember the gag now, but there's one of him like standing in this like torrential downpour, and probably you know he's insisting that it's okay for them to play. Um, and I just remember drawing my own version of that. I think partly because I just loved the 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 way Schultz had like just filled the panel with rain, except around Charlie Brown's hat. And uh, I just remember like reproducing that in my own like clumsy, clumsy way. But it's funny how you, I'm just thinking now, like as a kid, I didn't really know what, how to draw a, a funny character. And then I remember like on the back of this chalk, we had like a moving chalkboard in, in grade four and on the back of it, someone had drawn this little face and I loved the way they drew it so much. I just, I just adopted that style as mine at that age. Okay. I just started like using that as my, like my template of how to draw a funny face in a cartoony style. And that's sort of like where I started, and so yeah. Even though I got Sid Hoff's book of cartooning, I couldn't figure out. I could never figure out what people were doing in those in those ways of describing drawing something. You know, I just felt like you were they missed a stage. Uh, Yes, you know, and the stage was how to draw. (laughs) <laughs> it's not enough to sp- show you how to draw a circle like when it's you're a little kid shapes. you can even draw a circle <laughs> maybe simple shapes and then you put it together and wasn't so hard oh. okay. All right. Ex- <laughs> right. yeah exactly i mean it is simple shapes but and he has like a remarkably a very appealing simple style but that simple style has a lot of of craft behind it you know like yeah. s- someone has really learned like how to uh subtract all the all the needless detail and get it down to like the you know what you need to see in a drawing and as a kid it's hard to think that way because you you want to be like as 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 like accurate as possible and have as much detail as you possibly can have you know and then you you know, and then you go from there, you, you go from like doing very simple things to doing way too much work. And then you, and then either you like just pack it all in because you just can't stand it or, or you like learn to, you know, kind of work through it somehow.
1: Here's what I think it is with like the Sid Hoff thing is, uh, sure. all right, you know how when you're cooking and you've got to reduce a sauce and you reduce the sauce and the sauce reduces to a third of what it was because you cooked it. Yeah. You got this dense sauce at the bottom that's like full of flavor and really, really good. And so, and it takes a lot of a long time, and you gotta reduce the sauce. Yeah. But like someone sees that and goes, Oh, you just make that much sauce, huh? <laughs> All right, I'll do that. And you're like, you can't. That's well, true. I'll duplicate it because yeah. I can see what it is, so I'll just duplicate it with that amount. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. He knows how to really draw a caveman. <laughs> and now he's taken away and reduced and reduced and re- reduced. Yeah. So we have this concentrated idea of a caveman.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you
1: could go well, I can just draw that. You could. But you don't know what a caveman looks like for real, mm-hmm. so you can't do the reduction correctly, and so you, yeah, it's uh, it's hollow what you're doing. Yeah, you might yeah. you might be able to make a thick weird sauce, but it's not going to be like a reduced sauce. It's not going to have that flavor density. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I think that's yeah. why I like that drawing on the back of the chalkboard is because I didn't know who did it. Sure, you know, and no one else knew it. Like if I drew in a Sid Hoff style, people are going to go, "Oh, you're drawing like that guy who draws Julius," or you know, um classic comic from when i was a kid, or classic book from my childhood and or sammy the seal if you prefer and then uh i I do prefer thank you (laughs) and then then, but that character in the back of this chalkboard is is nothing no one knows who that is so if i start drawing like that no one's going to go oh you're drawing like so and so or you're you've copied this and that so it felt like oh that's something i can do and it's just going to be mine even though it wasn't mine when i started doing it but i you know i over time i got better and better at it but didn't you like like, you probably don't remember when you started drawing, do you?
1: Yeah, uh, I, would, I, I can remember drawing when I was four because my dad would bring home um, paper from work that had, like, you know, uh, stuff on the other side that just had to be shredded or gotten rid of. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it would be all this uh, business paper from uh, Dominion Glass. <laughs> right. I remember the logo. Yeah. And then, yeah, I just like what I would do was because I couldn't write a story. I would draw a story Mm -hmm. and it would be stories of me as a superhero, usually uh, fighting uh, a vampire or the devil or something like that. Often they would be loosely based on the Hercules uh, cartoon series. Okay. Uh, But yeah, I remember uh, drawing them, but not not trying to draw, draw anything particular. My first memory of draw drawing was Greg one. And I copied the cover of um, a book, a reading book that we, that, that we had and uh, and I showed it to my uh, my dad and said oh, I did this and he went oh you traced it huh and I went no no I just drew it like no no you traced it
0: and I hadn't <laughs> traced it and I was like
1: it was very upsetting to me so yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't show him any drawings after that for the most part because <laughs> I was like oh, I don't need this shit
0: that's too bad. yeah <laughs> I I didn't really show my parents my drawings too much they they weren't they weren't that interested in in that stuff but but I, but you were but what I mean when I say I don't remember like I do remember drawing as a little kid, but I don't remember when I started drawing. Like, it just feels like I just was drawing pre-memory of myself drawing. So I obviously, you know, I I was just, like, drawn to drawings. And for whatever reason, like, right from the get-go, I was drawn to, like, continu- like comics as a as a storytelling thing. And I, I, I wasn't reading comics because I didn't, my parents didn't buy comics and stuff. And I didn't really watch, like... Hercules I didn't know any superhero things as a, as a kid at that age. I didn't comics weren't part, mm-hmm. comic books weren't part of my life at all. So that was didn't come until later. So at that point, you know, I'm just I'm just basing like what I'm doing on on comic strips, but I'm still interested in the idea of like telling a story. So it's not like a comic strip with a gag at the end. Like it would be like, you know, multi-panelled, like maybe 20 panels of action, you know, with okay. some sort of like slapsticky gag like falling down the stairs in it or whatever, which was a great a great, I think I thought of as a kid as being hilarious that someone would fall down the stairs. I, I have no idea why. I remember, I remember writing a story in grade five, and a full page of the story was sound effects of someone falling down the stairs. And I just thought that was hilarious, that it would be <laughs> one whole page of bang, crash, boom, bang, bing, bong, all the way down the page. And then to start the story on the next page again, you know, and I just thought that was hilarious. My grade five teacher did not find it funny at all, by the way. He did, he did not like me. Oh. It's funny, like...
1: But you're so likable.
0: Oh, I thought so. I thought it was very charming. I didn't think that about myself. I had no, no self-image. Uh, no self Let's that, not go nuts. There's no
1: such thing as a, char- <laughs> as a charming child.
0: Um, but, but yes, I you know, like it I, You know, I, maybe, no, uh, but apparently no, not. No such
1: thing as a charming child.
0: It is, it is disturbing when you go from being like well-liked by teachers to having a teacher that actively, visibly dislikes you. You know, and phys- yeah. physically, dis- you know, like he pulled my desk and me out of the classroom into the hallway. He pushed me into a corner one time in, in my desk. He lifted my desk up famously, as I've mentioned many times in the show, and, and emptied it out onto the floor and, and broke things in it. He was an asshole. Oh, no, he was, uh, yeah, he was, but he was very nice to other people in <laughs> it class. It wasn't okay, like, well, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, ass- it wasn't uh, directed to, where, he wasn't crabbed to everyone. He was just like a real, I don't know, I just, whatever, whatever it was about him. So I, and, like, you know, it's funny, like, someone was asking, like, you know, can you remember the names of your elementary school teachers, which I can for the most part, but he's the one that kind of stands out, like, in my mind is the most, you know, just because it was the most, it was the most, like, strangely, like, visceral relationship. <laughs> like, most other teachers I I had kind of, like, a, a passing interest in, but that guy, you know, he's just so, like, just so disliked me.
1: Ugh. I'm sending you a picture, by the way, of the uh, reader. Of my teacher? No, yeah, I'm telling you, a
2: teacher. Uh, <laughs> fun story.
1: I murdered. Go oh, good, good. I had enough of that shit. No, I'm just sending you. I'm just saying, if you're looking at it like, hey, why'd you send me something? Yeah, uh, I'm sending you uh, the cover of the book that I drew. It is not my drawing. Mm. It is the cover of the book that I drew as a kid. My uh, <laughs> my reader, and uh, you see, it's like a, it was a fun thing to draw. And uh, yeah, so I just I just sent that to you. So just let you know. Okay, now fun. back to this jerk.
0: No, no, it's um, fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, he was just, he just didn't like me. Like, he would regularly send me home to get library books. Like, what? Yeah, just walk home and get this book. You're, you're, it's overdue. Oh, okay. So, just like, walk, walk home, walk back again, like, miss 40 minutes of school, come in. What the shit? He's a, he's a weird dude.
1: No, that's no uh, that's no good. Also, what a weird time that, you know, what a weird time where you just, like, send a kid home on your
0: own, right? I know. Just, and especially that, because when you walked in the morning or the afternoon, you're, it was you and other kids walking home from school. Like it was, you were like part of a pack. I mean, I don't mean that you were all together, but you know, there was you and another guy maybe 20 yards behind you, and then some people across the street walking on the sidewalk, and you'd be going by their homes, and they would be getting, you know, they'd be walking to their doors, and their moms would be there, or whatever, and then you'd true, carry true. on. And eventually you'd get home, you know, and it'd be a, and I was kind of near the e- edge of the catchment, so I was maybe one of the last people to walk to walk that way. But you know, we got home in, in a group, but when you walked home, like at two in the afternoon, it's just like, <laughs> there's no one. It's just like you by yourself walking down the street, grade five kid. Doop. Did you get this book? I One of,
1: uh, one of my worst, uh, uh, school memories was it was grade one. And, uh, we were supposed to bring an apple to school because we were going to bake apples. Oh, okay. And then, uh, I show up at school and I look around and everyone's got an apple on their desk mm. and I do not have an apple. And I lose my goddamn mind. And I just <laughs> run. I run out of, out of the class. Yeah. It's the middle of class. Yeah. I run home. And my mom's what are you doing here? And like, apple. I need an apple. <laughs> and then I, 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 it's like, she gives me an apple. And then I run back to school. Yeah, And I basically almost like break down crying. Because I think like I've ruined my school. Year, like I'm, oh, no. I'm done. Oh no! Like, I, like I always, I always was under the impression if I do one thing wrong, yeah, uh, part of my language, I'm fucked. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, uh, at one point, uh I was before I went to school, like uh, before kindergarten. I asked, like, you know, so what's uh, school? School like, oh, it's this and that. And I asked, is there anything you can't do at school? And like, oh, you can't whistle. Can't whistle.
0: Who said that? Back. Sorry, who no, said that? Just
1: said you can't whistle. they okay. are right. You can't whistle in class. You'll get yeah. in trouble. That's true. Sure. That's. Not, but what I thought was, <laughs> if you whistle yeah, anywhere, you're kicked out of school. And you can never go back to school. I was <laughs> so, <I'm> so terrified <laughs> that I might accidentally start whistling. <laughs> and then beyond that, the idea yeah. that you would forget your apple. Well, forget it. Then yeah. that's you're you are completely screwed now. But I did. I got. I brought the apple. And uh, we baked our apples and they put cinnamon on my apple. And God, that tasted shit. Because it was like, I hate cinnamon on an apple when I was a kid. Yeah. So it was like, okay. They ruined this stupid apple.
0: Isn't that funny? Like, you just didn't have the, I mean, I, I'm not going to say I would be the same. I would be like mortified at that happening to me. Whereas like, when I think of my friend, my, you know, my my best friend, uh, at a certain point going through elementary school, he would have, yeah, he would have been like, I don't like apples. You <laughs> know, that would have been it that'd be it for him that's his answer no problem yeah you know he would have he wouldn't have it wouldn't have he wouldn't have sweated all at the idea of it he just would have "Ah, yeah i don't like apples
1: i mean i know what it comes down to it comes down to like i had a dad who was uh, spontaneously furious at things just Mm. randomly
0: yeah yeah so
1: you don't. it's that thing where you don't have that sense of security and like uh you do anything wrong and it could set things off and then everything goes horrible and so you're always worried about the explosion and so I took that with me to school. So it's like, oh, if I screw up in any way here, it's going to be the same situation. Uh, and yeah, so I was always like terrified of doing the wrong thing uh, and what have you. So yeah, uh, the idea of forgetting your apple, oh boy, it's, uh, it's, it's still to this day that the feeling of everyone's got an apple on their desk with me.
0: Like, <laughs> oh shit, I got to
1: get the fuck out of here.
0: Huh.
1: And I ran and I ran and I ran. <laughs> I took the shortcut that I wasn't supposed to take. Wow! Yeah, through the through the neighbor's backyard. Don't do that. You're not supposed to. Yeah, Doesn't no. matter. I don't have an apple. <laughs> Gotta go. Gotta go. You don't get it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Huh. Yeah. The way I wasn't supposed to go was through the forest. We had a our school was uh, backed onto a a big park, and so had a big big forest and we weren't supposed to walk to school through there that was considered a dangerous route but i always did go that way
1: dangerous as in there was like a ne'er-do-wells in there
0: yeah it was you... thought you know yeah you're just isolated and easy prey for someone there and so you okay. shouldn't you shouldn't walk that way walk with other kids along the you know like i know we talk about that time period as like you know we were all innocent and no one thought but i think parents were aware that there were dangers and they didn't yeah. You know, make it My clear to us. mom would
1: watch, like, uh, she was able from the balk from our back porch to watch me a lot of the ways okay uh, okay to school. So, and <laughs> if for some reason i took a different way she would freak out
0: <laughs> yeah 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 Yeah. so and so i mean i didn't say to my mom i was doing that like as much years later she when i mentioned that that's how i walked to school she was like well i told you can't not to walk that way which i don't remember her saying that so it's possible that i wasn't paying attention when she said that or i just totally ignored it because it was much more fun to walk to to school through the woods because you know it had paths. It had, path.
1: Mr. Mr., uh, it had pass and things. Third, on the third uh, yelling time, uh, Dedrick didn't pay attention. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, the
0: story checks out. That's, that's a, yeah, this is about a it. Hey, 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 The uh, yeah, I still have that. I have that reputation at work as not listening. But it's as often because I'm like just daydreaming. So I'm you know I'm in my own place, and then someone's like I talking. Do, you're I like, just
1: what? I wonder about the mindset. Like obviously. You know, back then there were worries about you know uh, traveling vans and they throw your kid into it and then that's the end Sure, sure, good. sure. Uh, but but it would still be the case where oh well I'm going to go downtown on my own and get on the bus and I'm a you know I'm a kid on I'm a ten year old kid on the bus going downtown uh, and like, all right yeah off you go <laughs> what, what are we going to do? No, I did you not.
0: Know? I so, didn't. I didn't do that. So I didn't have money to do that. But I didn't. Yeah, I did.
1: Well, yeah, I had that uh, bus. I had that uh, <laughs> seventy-five cents. I was just going to say seventy-five cents. Pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty sweet. Good.
0: Pretty yeah. good. Pretty good. You
1: go, but you got to get uh, back on the bus before your transfer runs out. That's
0: mm, true. Uh, that's mm, yeah, I used to take the bus to to Lougheed Mall and and Bur- Burnaby on the Burnaby Coquitlam border, but that didn't feel. It didn't feel like that. You know, risky or whatever. Like not like going into town. I don't think I started doing that until I was in junior high. Maybe even later than that.
1: So when did, uh, when did your uh, – again, you don't have to tell me if you don't want to. When did your kids become, like, kind of uh, able to do that kind of thing uh, in modern times? Like, what, what's, the, what's the age of – you can take the bus on your own. You're fine. Off you, off you go. You can go and do that and have that kind of freedom that we had when we were uh, quite a bit younger.
0: Well, the girls have never had, like, any sort of restrictions on <laughs> that sort of thing.
1: So if they were they're, 11, they're... you would let them go – yeah. On a bus
0: yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. But I mean, they were limited by the fact that they live here, and the buses are the bus service is slightly better, but it's terrible. Like when they were growing up, the bus ran on the hour up until like the evening. Like there was no night bus to come home on. So what tended to happen more was that I would drive them to the SkyTrain in in Surrey, and then I would just you know drop them off there, and then they would call on their way home, and I would and then I would come pick them up. So I'd be okay. there to meet them. So, but I didn't. I had no problem with them driving, going, like taking the SkyTrain into town and, and walking around and exploring Vancouver and then coming back home again. That I, I, th- I think that's great. I think kids should should feel like confident enough that they could they can do that. Yeah, and, and I, it's also kind and of I trust important.
1: them. Yeah, I mean, I think about the amount of times where I almost got stuck downtown or something went wrong mm-hmm. and I got on the wrong bus and went somewhere yeah, yeah. weird. Yeah, it's like, you've got to solve your own problems, which is a good thing. But <laughs> I, to me, I guess, like, as a parent, I would think that's chilling, thinking that my child is, like, lost in the transit system somewhere. And it's, like, taking a long bus <laughs> ride that won't stop as they're going past farm after farm. Yeah, yeah. Which I, which I it did happen to me a couple of times.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was like, be cows.
1: Oh, shit, this isn't good. Where am I? What's this? There's a port, Coquitlam? <laughs> Not just what's, what's that about? Okay.
0: But, but the important thing isn't that, w- that you're lost. The important thing is that you feel confident that no matter what happens to you, that your mom or dad will come and get you. Uh, you yeah, no, mine wouldn't. Yeah, yeah and that's the same with mine. Like, we, I think we were talking about this with Jason uh, last week, where I just was saying, like, it seemed like my mom and dad resented the idea that I would call them and they had to like, come and pick me up from somewhere. And it wasn't even that far. You know, it was maybe a 20-minute drive to come get me which maybe that's far. I don't know. I, living out here, like when I first moved out to, to Langley, like started hanging out with Lisa, uh, I was like so shocked at the distances of the way that you had to go to get to things out here. But now that I've lived here for so long, I'm like second nature. I'm just like, oh, it's only a half hour drive there. and I guess other people are like, whoa, what? That's a long way. But anyway, um, so yeah, no. It, it, yeah, the girls always knew that no matter where or what was going on that all they had to do was call, and I would, like, even if I was sleeping, I would get up and come and get them. And there was, I didn't, wasn't mad, I never would never say anything. You know, I would say things because I answered the phone, but I just mean I wouldn't like, you know. Make... <laughs> I just like the idea that you would pick them up, and not say anything. exactly. That's fine. Like, silent, not, not word one. Public, no, I just meant silent. I meant there be no word of recrimination about it. Sure, you know, sure. like I there was no, I didn't begrudge this at all. In fact, I look forward to it because it was a chance to like drive with my daughters and and talk to them. So that's that's great. That's always fun. So it was. Uh, that's how Different from a lot of cats. <laughs> well, I guess that's it. But I mean I it's just... spend more
1: time with my kid. That's a good
0: thing. Is it? All right. Crazy man. Crazy man liking his kids. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It is but I think that's important. Like, so you know, if you know, if you're like what gives you confidence as a person is is a feeling that of support, right? So you know, my girls their whole life like like they have friends who have never been to Vancouver. Never been to vancouver or never been to vancouver on their own and now as adults and now as adults would never dream of just driving into town just for just for fun which you know even even mary tend to do less now that they're growing up um they like they love to do it as teenagers and probably we're the same we probably i mean you live there now so it's a bit different but you know i don't i don't like dream of like the weekend coming so i can i can take the bus into vancouver but when I was a teenager, I just loved. You know, every weekend I would get on the bus and go to Vancouver after my paper route was done. Yeah, um, my
1: sister, who's two years younger than me. Yeah. Uh, her story is: she came to Vancouver and saw some punk rockers, and they had uh, spiky hair. Okay. And she went. I'm not going back there. That's place is just too dangerous. <laughs> like, she was just freaked out by oh. by by that. Like she got she got off the bus, and there was like, yeah, punk rockers right there. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah. as like just just. And yeah, it didn't go back for years, wow. years. Wow. So terrifying. Yeah. Which I yeah. Guess, you know, you watch the right TV shows and those are the people who are going to get you. <laughs> I guess but so. to me, I was like, this is great. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm all for
0: this. <laughs> yeah, no. I know. I would have been Fair like, road oh, road these guys road. are cool. <clears throat>
1: yeah, whereas my sister was very, 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 very mainstream. Mm-hmm. Very, very,
0: very, very mainstream. And that yeah, probably it doesn't help to, to go into a place where where the reason people are there is so they can be different. There, you know.
1: Yeah, and it's the old—you uh, know—you dress up uh, in extremes and then go. What are you looking at? <laughs> like,
0: well,
2: what,
1: what was the plan? Here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I—I uh, I don't want attention. Get, look away. Yeah, yeah. square uh, but yeah, it was like everything I wanted was in the city, and uh, to yeah. her there was like nothing, nothing mm-hmm. in the city that mm-hmm. she would uh, she would want.
0: And I guess that's part of it, being mainstream. Is that when you're mainstream, everything is available for you where you are.
1: I guess so. You know? Yeah, you can just go to the mall instead.
0: And yeah, like, the mall. Whereas you know, what, what, yeah, we're oddballs, so we were looking for something. We're looking for something that reflected us, you know, which was like no a, way I available.
1: Like food court. I'll give you that.
0: <laughs> I don't even like food courts.
1: I, well, yeah, because I could do some drawing there. Oh, okay, okay. I'd take out your little pad, and you, there was That's always fine. something you could afford. Sure, you know, and if you couldn't, uh, if you couldn't afford like a meal from one place, you could hobble together a meal from various places <laughs> and get the small drink from here and the cheeseburger from there, yeah. and uh, maybe a piece of fruit so your teeth don't fall out, and then uh, yeah, you just like uh, huddle up. Huddle up and draw. Kill a couple of hours or read a magazine. Ugh, i would, ne- uh, I would
0: John- never buy f- I would never buy food. That was wasting money.
1: Okay, well, you know, you eat to live and <laughs> don't necessarily live to eat. Uh, John Mulaney talks about, you know, when he was like a, a very young boy, uh, his thing would be he'd go and he'd buy a magazine and go to a diner, and read it, and like just get, get a drink of some sort, and it was like that was his day. That's what he wanted to do, and and talk about how odd that would look you know, just a young man just going into a diner and just reading Rolling Stone, you know, like a 10-year-old. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, that was me. That was a 100% <laughs> me. It was like comic books and, uh, you know, whatever the equivalent of Entertainment Weekly was at the time. Yeah. I feel... know, it wasn't Entertainment Weekly, but it was something like that. It was like, yeah, I mean, that's what I want to do. This is the best.
0: Knowing a little bit of John Mulaney's life, it feels like he was a bit of a uh older, or a not a necessarily an old man, but an older person in a young person's body. That he yeah. he really strained to not be a child, you know. And I I was the opposite of that as uh, growing up. And you, yeah, just the idea of of uh, be be of, adult things were like not interesting to me.
1: So your first was your first uh, thing of uh, a seeing uh, being in choir.
0: Yeah, I mean, we did a little bit of it in, in elementary school, but you know.
1: But that it, it wasn't
0: it yeah. wasn't performative. Yeah, like that. St- mm-hmm. ah, la, la, la. that's that. That's not the singing,
1: it's talking loudly.
0: Yeah, I was interested in performing and, and but I never took drama at school, mostly cuz I I couldn't fit it into my electives. I would have taken it if I could have, but I I got into band because mm-hmm. the teacher came around the school recruiting people for band and I was interested in music and so I started playing the trumpet, which is like the least musical thing you could do. But anyway, <laughs> I started playing trumpet and then um I wanted to play flute. But I was informed that there were too many flautists, and I was going to play trumpet. So I was like, "Okay." And so I played trumpet in band. Just
1: like in that Disney movie, "Too Many Flautists. <laughs> That's the that movie. With Tim Conway.
0: <laughs> oh, the Apple and Flautist game. Yeah. Oh, of course she was in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, so that that was, I guess, that kind of like you know took took some. Um, Took some of that performative bug. I took art classes as well, which okay. I'm, I'm not an artist, though, in that way. You know, like...
1: I'd say t- I you you're an artist, but... Okay. No,
0: no, no, not in, but I'm, I'm not, like, I'm not interested in fine arts. I mean, interested in, in, in artistically, I like, or aesthetically, I should say, but I'm not interested in reproducing that. Like, wh- what I wanted from art class was, like, how do I do comics? That's what I want to know. Sure. And those, yeah, yeah. those were not at all, like, there's just no way that any of those people are interested in that, right? They're just... If you had said to them, I really want to learn, like, how you do a comic book, they would just go, like, what? Get back to your macrame owl.
1: I would really like it. if Oh, fucking macrame owls! <laughs> um, that skill, that skill is you well. Uh, uh, here's uh, sorry, my macrame owl thing is I made a macrame owl and it was uh, it actually was really good. Okay. And then for some reason, uh, afterwards, one of the nuns said, uh, you know, this other nun said something nice about you. You should kiss her. And I'm like, ugh, and I didn't want to kiss her. And it was like, I was guilted into kissing her. And so it's a gross memory for me. Oh. I'm mean, I, I associated with a stupid owl. So like, fuck macrame is basically my mindset on that, because I had to kiss a <laughs> nun. It all, it all connects in a, in a really twisted way.
0: But And she was wearing the macrame owl on her face when you kissed her.
1: Yeah, well, she was an owl.
0: <laughs> she was not an owl, my gosh. She
1: was actually an owl. Ooh, me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, but she's got mouse breath. <laughs> she's still chewing. I uh, want to get mouse uh, breath. The worst the breath worst. of the day. Uh, what I would like is if there was like art classes that yeah. uh, you know you you would write down say here's what I want to know. I want to know how to do <laughs> comics, and I want yeah. to know how to yeah. letter, and I want to know yeah. this, yeah. Yeah. and like you write that down, and they'll go okay. When we get a class that covers these things specifically, we'll let you know. Um, Because you get like, here's the other thing too. You get like an art teacher who's going to cover way too much stuff that you don't want to know. And it's a waste of everybody's time. No one wants that shit. So, like, the art teacher then looks at like the requests that have come in and goes, okay, I can build a class around, you know, the majority of what these people want. Yeah. Uh, Got it. And this is a reasonable number of people. Okay. And then you get contacted, like, okay. You're gonna learn a couple extra things that you don't necessarily care about, but generally the class will cover all the stuff you want to you want to know. Like, yeah, that's the class for me. Uh, whereas it's usually like Art 101. Ugh, you know, I don't need this. I don't need the starter bit. It's like, well, it's Art 102. Well, that's too far.
0: <laughs> you gotta have the skills of Art 101. Uh, yeah.
1: I want just a class that shows me. How to do digital comics? I want to like show me how to how to put the, to put the um you know the word balloons in. Yeah. How do you yeah. do this? How do you lay this out? Show me just basically how to color. Show me just give me just give me the fucking basics. And uh, it's like, why don't you watch a YouTube video? I'm like, why don't you go to hell?
0: <laughs> because we all learn differently.
1: Uh, Shut up. I don't like I don't
0: I don't learn from YouTube
1: videos. My mm. wife does so well, and for me, it's just I'm watching them. just and for the second the person goes. All right, or hey there. Hi, guys. Fuck off. I can't stand this. <laughs> Shut up. That'll be this. Quit telling me what to do. Yeah, follow along, buddy. Follow me to hell.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, the problem, like, when we went to junior high, they had the quarter system. So, the class, you know, so there was some idea, like, that you would have, like, different you know, like different kind of capsules. So like if you took art, the art stream, you couldn't just do a drawing class. You also had to do like a ceramics and sculpture class or whatever, which I was completely like unsuited for in any way at all. Like I just, I, you know, like that's getting close to like being like having some sort of manual dexterity, which, oh, look out. So yeah, I just, it was just like such a waste of time. And then partly through my encouragement, because I thought it was funny, this girl, who I think liked me, but then she somehow like started to think it was funny to crush all this, all the ceramics that I created. So it was this really like it was just a real like zero sum game because I would go to all the trouble of making like a coiled vase and then she would just like crush it I think ah. it was quite amusing. At first I thought it was funny too, like I, I was like, "Oh, this is kind of funny. I'll make this like little dumb rabbit and then she'll she'll crush it." But then. She just kept on crushing things, and it got less and less hilarious. And it really affected my mark because I had no, I had nothing to hand in. So, you yeah, it was a weird. Of, uh, laughing the first time. <laughs> classic right. error. It was funny the first time. Classic classic error. Oops. Yeah, yeah.
1: And you now it's it's all ruined forever. Too
0: bad. <laughs> and uh, funny enough, that was Dave Watson's sister. So that's uh, oh, okay. I know that's completely really, no one in our audience knows what we're talking about. But I just wanted to give that little bit of a little bit of context for for Ian.
1: Well, I'm going to say like if someone wants to know who Dave Watson is, I say uh, you know uh, Google. I mean, there's probably quite a few Dave Watsons, but <laughs> was a very a very good reviewer. Yeah. Uh, you know, since uh, passed away, sadly. But uh, wrote a lot of great stuff for, like, the Georgia Strait mm-hmm. and uh, many other things. And uh, I, I knew him from uh, w- uh, the other press, which is uh, my college's newspaper, Douglas the oh, okay. yeah. uh, newspaper when it was uh, coming up. And hey, uh, can... I was actually looking at a couple of things he wrote uh, recently, because I'm going through old uh, papers and stuff.
0: And oh, nice, nice. Yeah,
1: he was, uh, he was on my mind.
0: Yeah, he contributed a little bit to uh, generic drivel as well. Oh, nice. So, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, he was a great guy and also an early adopter of computers and internet technologies and stuff like that. He started writing about that for the Georgia Street at a time when they were like, what? Okay? Yeah, <laughs> they I, did not get uh, what he was... you yeah.
1: CBC as well, yeah.
0: Yeah. And it,
1: he was, yeah, he was the person who convinced me to get a DVD player. okay. And how he did it was he went just like, look, even if you don't like DVDs, it's the best CD player you'll ever get. <laughs> I'm like, well, there you go. I've been to have CDs because <laughs> CDs are going to be around forever. Yeah, so. totally. Yeah, totally. All right, you got it. If you gave me a recommendation for something and I could afford it,
0: I yeah. could get it. Yeah, There's yeah. Always something. No, he was a good guy. Good guy. Although I used to yeah. used to bug uh, bug him by calling him Hunter S. Watson because he he kind of he kind of did sort of veer in that direction of being a real fan of Hunter S. Thompson, but also the sure. idea of like you know going so far into like uh, substance abuse that you were like being more artistic that way, which I was not a not a fan of. That
1: was, yeah, that was the style of the time. Yeah, yeah for, for sure. sure. Yeah, yeah. And again, I, I started to know him really when I was in college. And so it was like, that's what you do.
0: And, <laughs> that's pretty much it. And right. then turned
1: out he lived up the street from my parents. Like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just around the corner. I'm like, hey, oh, there he is. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And also uh, another in a long line of Daves that I knew. I was like, there like,
0: There's go. a lot of Daves around. <laughs> sure were. Holy shit!
1: There was a real strong Dave. That was uh, a
0: popular. Name. That's a popular, popular name. That I think. I think Jake may have taken over as like sort of the next, like Jacob or maybe Nick as being like do the you next.
1: Have any idea? Okay, so you were born in '66. That's correct. Okay, so do you have any idea of like uh, who was the popular David in '66? that made everyone go, like, I got to name my kid Dave.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I really, I don't, I don't know at all. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if yeah. it was just, like, I just think it was, like, I don't know what it was. I, I don't know why it became popular. Like, there's no one, like, I, you know, besides David Niven, I can't think of, like, another, like, big actor. But, I, you know, I don't think David Niven was, like, a big enough actor that people were, like, you know what, I want my son to be a pencil, pencil-mustached pencil British person. I got to name him David. So I just don't think, ah, I just don't know what, uh, what was driving that is very it's very odd.
1: Yeah, David in 1966 was the second most popular name.
0: Let me just um it was what was the first most popular name?
1: Uh first most popular name was another uh, uh biblical name, uh Michael.
0: Oh, okay. Wow.
1: Yeah, so Michael uh, and the number one girl's name was
0: Lisa. Okay, well that's why Lisa was named Lisa. But but Lisa with a twist because they wanted to honor her great aunt Hazel. So Hazel was spelled backwards to form Lisa. Right. Although it's everyone pronounces it Lisa except for me. I always, say, <laughs> I always say Lisa, which she always finds rather odd. But, but I'm if like, the,
1: if your great aunt uh, said uh, said the word Lisa, uh, that's saying her own name backwards, and then she would disappear for ninety days, uh, <laughs> like Mister Mix's Piddly.
0: <laughs> I'm just writing to Mary. Who is
1: the number three uh, girl's name of nineteen?
0: Number three. Well, Mary was the th- number three.
1: Number three. Yeah. Yeah, I believe was it. Yeah, Lisa, number two. Kimberly. Oh, Kim. Number yeah. Three, Mary. Okay. Number four, Michelle. And number five, it's a name that fell from grace this year.
0: Ah, Janet no, or Karen. Sorry, Karen, Karen, Karen. that's right. I feel like, yeah, those are names that are st- really strictly, uh, located in our generation to Karen and Janet and names like that. They just aren't, they aren't around Deborah. You'd very rarely hear those sort of names with, for girls. Nowadays. Deborah
1: is number 15. Mm. Uh, yeah. Number 15 yeah. is Deborah. Uh, Susan is number six. Then Patricia, Tammy, Angela, Jennifer, Cynthia, Donna.
0: June. I'm getting... These are
1: all very, very white names. As well, <laughs>
0: holy, holy. yeah. Yeah. Well, that. Well, that that was the dominant.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to find an Ian here for a long ways. I'm sure.
0: Oh, I don't know about that. Well, maybe.
1: Unless uh, unless I'm looking in uh, England, in which case. Oh, okay.
0: I'm be right yeah, yeah. Top. Yeah, you're right. Probably different. Uh... Hmm. Where does Andrew rate?
1: Andrew, that's a good question. Let's see if I can see Andrew on that's the my list. Mi- that's
0: my middle name, that's why I'm asking.
1: Andrew is 36.
0: Oh, that's a waste of Yep. That's the name my mom wanted to name me.
1: It's weird that Rodney was more popular than Andrew.
0: Yes, that's true.
1: But there's a name that's fallen out of grace. It's, uh Rodney. Yeah, hey Rodney.
0: very British as well, a very British name.
1: You just feel the picture like a little kid with a cigar in his mouth going, Hey, what? Hey, Rodney, come here. We've got to take care of some business. Rodney. Like, that's gone uh keith is there that's my middle name that's uh 32 that's sensible uh
0: yeah that's do, you know, all... do you know what's weird with names is when people change their name but it's the same name but they they insist that you like formalize it in some way that it's hard for you because you never knew them as that person like i'm thinking of this guy i knew as rick growing up my whole life he was rick but now when i met him a while ago at, at a, a high school reunion he wanted to be called roderick Oh. I'm like, well, no, because that's stupid. <laughs> your name is Rick. That's like, I can only think of you as that. That's who you that's are in my head. <laughs> yeah, sure,
1: okay. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Why is that?
0: Because that's stupid. <laughs> you can't just like change your name suddenly. Like, you know, like everyone knew you as this. Like, well, at, le- in at the- least in this in this group of people, you should always be Rick.
1: Uh, our friend of the show uh, Robert Dayton is yeah. on the show yeah he uh, used to be Rob Dayton yeah and I remember like when uh, we had him on the show, first yeah. thing was like uh, said, hey, so are you, Rob? Oh no And it was like uh, Robert yeah and I was like oh geez, I feel like I'm offended <laughs> And he had a whole speech about it
0: yeah, yeah, yeah yeah like, he
1: had a whole musical number almost about yeah. it and it was like oh, okay and I, I just wanted to pick up like a copy of like an old comic of his and goes, uh, you should tell it to this
0: guy. Just <laughs> <laughs> so sign his
1: name this way, It would always,
0: you know, be that. and maybe, and maybe fine. people should. Yeah, I was going to say maybe someone should be honest in that moment and say, you know what, I'm not that person anymore, and I kind of want to reject that person, and I want to be sure. this person, and then I would be like, okay, that's that's fine, I get it.
1: I mean, I'm just trying to get people not to call me by my last name. <laughs> that's that's a real freaking. <laughs> Hard thing. I was just like, ugh. Yeah, I know. Okay. We knew each other in the '90s. We all wore leather jackets. Yeah, it was like we're all in the military together. Oh, you know, it's just all right. It's just what we ugh, just call me by my first name. It's short. It's easy. It's uh, don't don't uh, Hey, Boothby. Ugh, gross. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's so done, man. It's
0: so done. Um. So Mary sent something.
1: Okay. Wait, is this Mary, it, uh, who is the uh, co-host of the Sneaky Dragon uh, Listening Party? Yeah. Okay, that's a good show. That should be listened to.
0: So, uh, a- so David, since the eighteen hundreds, since they have a graph that goes back to eighteen ninety, okay. and David has always been in the top ten from then till now. So that's oh, so it's not just why was it? Why were they popular in the sixties? No, it has always been a top name. It means, according to Mary. Oop! I have to get out of this graph now. According to Mary, it means uh, strong biblical royal. So, I guess it has a it has a connotation of strength and and kingliness. So, yeah.
1: It also uh, means beloved. Uh, it also means to boil.
0: <laughs> well, I do have a temper. Yeah. And it's a slow one. So I do. I, it goes from it goes yeah, from it a simmer to beloved. a boil.
1: Uh, also means uncle. Yeah. There you are. Is David a good name? Uh, it's a question that is on the internet. Uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a highly popular name. It's an enduring classic.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's it moved it moved away from like as a wasp name, and it's kind of become it's become very popular with um with a- with Asian people, especially Taiwanese. They really mm-hmm. like they really like a David as a as a sort of you know to anglicize their name. And it's funny, different countries have different. Like it's funny, the Taiwanese when they came here would often change. Almost I should say often all, always change her name to a, to an Anglicized name. But the Koreans, like this is, this is talking from Lisa's experience, the Koreans did not. They would just keep their Korean name. And oh. and the and now that she has like a lot of mainland Chinese students, it kind of varies. A lot of them will yeah, a lot of them will choose not necessarily names that now though, they'll often choose um whatever. They don't care. They like, they don't really it has no like bearing as a name, so they'll just choose like, like a name like like um Lion, you know, something like that. That'll be a name, okay. and that just because it means power or whatever. But they don't care like that. It's very, you know, that you wouldn't meet many people called lion. You might meet people named Leo, which is the same thing, but but they'll just choose that word, you know, because it's because of its meaning. But uh, yeah, in, it's interesting.
1: In medieval English, yeah, would you know what your name would be uh, in medieval English? Daffyd. It would be uh, Daw, D A W, Daw.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. Hey, Daw. Uh, in Scottish, your name would be...
0: Die? Dai? D-A-I? What's that? Davy. Oh, Davy. Okay, okay.
1: Yeah. In Welsh, yeah. Dai, you're right. D-A-I. That's correct. And in Yiddish, your name is Doodle. Doodle? D-U-D-E-L. Doodle.
0: Oh, that's my that's my favorite version of that. That kind of explains... Because I remember reading somewhere that Dewey was like a, a uh, nickname for David. And maybe that's where that comes from.
1: Okay, I'm not seeing I'm not seeing that one on here. I oh, okay. am seeing the female form of David, okay. which is what would you say the female form of David is?
0: Oh, it's something really lame like Davida?
1: It is Davina, yeah, that's right. There you are. And uh they got the that's interesting, they got the uh, the ratings on the name, whether people think it's a good name.
0: Okay. It's like
1: seventy four percent of people think it's a good name. Do they think it's a masculine name? Yes. 91% do. Do they think it's an upper class name? What do you think, Dave? Upper class name?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Wrong. Oh. Only 48% of people think it's an upper
0: class name. Well, they're, they're probably what
1: right. a wholesome name. Is it a wholesome name? I
0: think it's a wholesome name.
1: 74% of people agree Yeah, with
0: speaking for myself, I, I I think of myself as pretty wholesome.
1: Wait a second. Do people think it's a boring name? <laughs>
0: Why are we looking up Ian? A boring name, yes. I would say people think it's a boring name.
1: You are correct. Fifty-three percent of people do think yeah, it's yeah. A boring. Yeah, I think that's why it's, name.
0: it's had a bit of a fall in the last little while. Just because there was there was such an eruption of Dave's, you know, growing up through the '60s, '70s, that it's kind of it's kind of taken a turn. But it'll come back again.
1: Sure. And I got to one more. Back. What do you think? As like, uh, uh, do people think it's a nerdy name?
0: No, not a nerdy name.
1: I'm afraid they do. 52% of people think David is a nerdy name. Thanks for playing. What's the deal with David?
0: <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> You'll be
1: getting the board game uh, Trouble with David. Oh,
0: thanks. Great. And, uh, yeah. and I got to stay at the Sheridan Towers during my stay yeah. here for the, the show.
1: Famous Davids include David Hume. Sure. David Livingstone. Musician David Bowie. Soccer player David Beckham. It is also the name of Charles Dickens' semi-autobiographical novel *David Copperfield*. There you go. Yeah.
0: I wonder if that's where it started. David mm. Copperfield. I mean, Dickens was like a big, big deal. So maybe, maybe that was one the like kind of caught, kind of when it sort of caught on. You know, by the 1890s, you have like it's just like everyone's like, "David, that's a great name."
1: Yeah,
0: that's a possibility.
1: It's fun doing the deep dive on this. It's good. <laughs> Nice. The name's been used in Britain since the Middle Ages. Very, very popular in Wales.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay. That's good. But yeah, the earliest is, uh, of course, David and
0: Goliath. So I wonder if the, well, Scottish, of course, seems to head that way towards the, with Davy and David. But I also wonder if, like, there was, like, a German influence that changed the pronunciation from da to David because, of course, they would have brought the V pronunciation of the W with them. And so that mm. the the name kinda changed how it was pronounced from Daw to Dov. And then somehow it, you know, things added became added to it.
1: Or is Daw just how they say it when their teeth have fallen
0: out? <laughs> hey. Uh-huh. Hey, don't didn't you uh, didn't you listen to Terry Jones' commentary track for The Holy Grail? Did I? No, I have not. Go ahead. Oh, okay. It was just because you know, like when they did the movie, of course, the the gag in it is that everyone has no teeth and stuff like that. But then he was saying in the commentary track that they found this sunken boat in the Thames that had all these people from the Middle Ages, you know, went down with it. And so they were, you know, brought it up and they were looking at the skeletal remains and everyone had great teeth because there was no sugar. Then Uh like no, no, no like cane sugar that had been, you know, introduced into into the society but at that point. So, so they had actually really nice teeth. And so that, he said, that's one inaccuracy that, you know, part of, part of our, I think there is like a, I think there is a, what am I trying to say? I think there is like a prejudice against the the Dark Ages that crept into our thinking in the in the Victorian era. I think there was like a kind of a, a, a campaign to besmirch the, the, the dark ages at that time.
1: Well, first of all you call them the dark ages. Well that's, that's it. Problem, but it, that's problem number one.
0: But it's still it's still an apt term because when you because if you think about it in terms of information about say something like we say something went dark, like it went, you know, that's gone dark, what you mean is that we aren't getting any communications from that area. And that's the problem with the middle ages is that very little writings and like historical information has come to us from that time period. Mm-hmm. So we can have like a kind of a general understanding of things that were going on then, but we don't have any detailed information. So in a way it, it is a dark age to us because we don't have a, there's not a lot of historical, uh, you know, inform, you know information. And, and so a lot of it is speculation about what hap- what was going on in that time period. But, you know, it's also true that throughout that time like uh, Latin texts and stuff like that were still kept extant through through scribes and, and things so obviously there was learning going on then and they had a their own peculiar way of looking at the world which to us of course seems alien now but to them made a perfect sense you know f- and I often use the idea of transubstantiation as an example of this because up until the Middle Ages transubstantiation wasn't talked about it wasn't a part of church of church thinking the idea that the 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 communion the shared meal was was a sharing of the the body of Christ was just said and it wasn't really thought of in a way like what does that mean you know but because of the way of the Middle Ages the, their way of thinking they suddenly had to like take this idea and make it make it explain what it meant and had to like come up with a theory of it and and so that's where transubstantiation came from is the idea of like that you know it's bread but it's also You know, simultaneously the body of Christ, literally, you know, that you are taking in the, the not real, but the, this idea of the, oh, how do they think of it? I can't even think of the words for it now. I remember reading the time and thinking, well, that's an interesting idea. But it's just like, it's so, it's just so weird that you had to explain it though, that you just couldn't be like, yeah, you know, it's the feast of Christ it's the body of Christ, it's, you know, a metaphor for blah, blah, blah. No, no, that wasn't good enough for them. They had to like, you know, come up with this like elaborate theory to explain how it worked, you know, and then give it a name. And that really kind of sums up that time period though, where it's just like, you know, it's pre, it's science before science, if you know what I mean. Like they didn't have like a scientific method. They didn't have a shared body of work that people could draw from. Whatever you discovered was a secret that you kept. And so it was hard for science to make advances that time period. But... They wanted to be scientific, so they would, you know, come with these elaborate theories to explain things, and and that was okay, you know. So you could have alchemists, you know, working away to puzzle out, you know, creating the philosopher's stone, something I that would turn base lead into gold. And but whatever people discovered in the in this fruitless pursuit wasn't shared, you know. So they're making these, you know, interesting chemistry advances, but no one knew about it because no one was like discussing it they're all like keeping everything close to their chest you know right which is so outrageous you know it's it's happened in in the not in the immediate present time but like i remember reading in lucy nisley's book about having a baby and she's talking there about these guys that invented like these forceps to help with delivery And it actually saved a lot of women's lives, but only for them, because they did not tell anyone else about what they had developed, because it was their invention, and that's how they made their living. And to tell someone else about it would have spoiled their living, you know, and so, you know, it took a long time for other people to discover the use of these forceps in order to help with, with childbirth. You know, and it's just outrageous, of course, but it, that wasn't unusual at that time, right? Like, people just didn't share what they discovered in many cases. There wasn't like a, you know, it took an idea of a royal society where, you know, had people come together and share their share what they discovered and talk about it and and battle it out. And that's, you know, kind of how the, you know, how we kind of got this idea of the scientific process where you discover, share, criticize, improve, move on, you know, progress. And, but yeah, but I mean, it's... You know, so I, I don't know, I just feel like, I feel like the Victorian era is like a really bad time for like being, being, um, being humble, you know, <laughs> so like they really thought a lot of themselves, the Europeans, you know, like not only did they think so much of themselves that they just wanted to share themselves with the world, even if the world didn't want it, but they also wanted to like throw dirt on every other time period that they disagreed with, you know, so, so the dark ages, you know, they made fun of it because it wasn't the Victorian era. It wasn't that glorious time that no 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 advancement in civilization could ever improve in the Victorian era. We are the best, and you know all those ones that came before us. What garbage! Forget about them. Those guys believed the Earth was flat. That's how dumb they were, which is not true at all. Like the flat Earth theory was not a popular theory in the Middle Ages. No one thought that in the Middle Ages. In fact, or no one serious. It was actually it was a Victorian guy who created like the I wrote a paper about the fact that the Earth was flat and created like the Flat Earth Society. I don't think he had created it, but he started like this. You know, he's started, you know, promoting the idea that the earth was flat and 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 you know, and other people kind of carried it on from there. But that was a Victorian invention. It wasn't a, a middle it wasn't from the Middle Ages, but huh. but it was like a, a a calumny, a slander thrown at the Middle Ages, and it's kind of stuck and we still think of it that way, like, oh Columbus must have been so scared he was gonna sail off the edge of the world. No, he wasn't. He didn't think it was there was an edge of the world. What they thought was they didn't know where the world was or how long it would take to get there and would they have enough supplies to, in order to, to do this thing that's what was scary but yeah anyway and i'll, I'll get off my soapbox i
1: like i like i like living now
0: <laughs> <laughs> well yeah and i mean it's great yeah. it's great but i'm sure you in said- sometime in the future people will look back at us and go like oh ugh, could you imagine
1: well yeah, to to be fair, we do have a pandemic.
0: So yeah, <laughs> looking back on going like Those But were I mean times. But oh lots Those of times. things. Yeah, but lots of things will be different in the future and people will look back on it and back at us and, and think, Oh, how could they live with that? How could they live in a world that was like that? But you know what? It's great now. And people in the Victorian era felt the same. And I mean, you like where you live now, but I'm sure there's other people in the world who are living in much worse situations than us that aren't liking where they're living right now. So, you know, it's all relative as well. So uh, I'm just quoting Mary from uh, doing listening party this week. She she got on me for that one. Oh, okay. She's yes. a that little history girl. She she knows how to put me in my place.
1: You know what? Since she got <laughs> vaccinated, she's just been insufferable. <laughs> right. She feels yeah. She just won't yeah forget it. What do you got to do? No, I can't get the disease. It's like here's my opinions on a lot of things. I'm like oh, all right, fine. Oh,
0: she's never been shy of sharing her opinions on a lot of things. Okay, that's good. I'm that's glad, I'm, that's I'm, great. Glad
1: to hear that. Yeah, uh, I'm going to turn to the mailbag because I know we always have a thing at the very end end where we go. Oh, here's another thing. And okay, I, yeah. I got, I got like a hard out.
0: You got a hard you know, out today, yeah. So let's. I got to
1: get to the dump. It's a big day for me. I got to get to the dump.
0: Um, <laughs> sure. So, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do.
1: You got to do what you got to do. So last week, um, we were talking about uh, what do you cook for holiday dinner, and uh, I uh, think that turkey is traditionally very dry, which is why we need gravy. Uh, And you're like, what? I do nothing to my turkey, and it's so juicy and delicious. And to to which I go like, have you met the world? Because the world says different. But no, apparently yours is great. So uh, we (laughs) ask these questions, and uh, people answer this. Um, Chris Roberts writes, and I can read these, I'm fine. It's only four. we had lamb for dinner this year. It was kind of meh. I'm kidding, of course. we I vegan. think
0: he meant it was kind of meh.
1: Oh man. Okay. Well. Okay. I got. I'm gonna need you to extend that meh. You know. Okay.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> what uh, do you mean? you need me to extend it?
1: Well, you write. You gotta write a bunch of e's. I think.
0: <gasps> okay. Okay. Like
1: I know that I know that he wrote a little uh, smiley face after it. Yeah. Yeah. But to me, that doesn't mean she. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. Right. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, step on your joke—the <laughs> last joke of 2020.
0: But uh, okay,
1: all right. Let me do it again. Okay. We had lamb for dinner this year. Yeah. It was kind of
0: <laughs> there. You go.
1: If I if I do this uh, joke too often, now people are going to fall asleep. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding, of course. We're vegan, and if there's one thing vegans never do, it's drone on and on about how great it is to be a vegan until everyone else is sick of us. Yeah. However. Never. To ask. Uh, my wife Diane made her signature nut roast with steamed sprouts and cashew cream sauce while I roasted a tray of potatoes, sweet potatoes, and parsnips with garlic. Those
0: rosemary, are all the same things. The what? Okay. So, all root vegetables. They are they're, not, they're all root vegetables.
1: Yeah, they're they very different. Okay. Very different, sir. Uh, I also contributed <laughs> gravy and mayo. I am assuming the mayonnaise was not. Uh,
0: in the, the, the gravy? <laughs> That's grey um, You're thinking of grey Yeah.
1: There's there's, uh, more of gravy than of grave in this uh, meal. Um, (laughs) For pudding, uh, Diane served what she described as a topsy-turvy trifle. Oh, I love that movie. If you get a chance to see Topsy-Turvy Trifle, it's a good Mm. film. Um, This turned out to be a regular plant-based trifle, only she'd forgotten to put a layer of crushed biscuits at the start. So we had them sprinkled on top instead. Cue clean plates and full bellies all around. (laughs) That's great.
0: Nice. Can I I ask ask you something? Can I ask you something? Is is, or, or is, or... is no you? Is Topsy Turvy Trifle that movie about uh, Gilbert and Sullivan writing the origami? Yes. Oh, okay. Exactly what it is. Yeah.
1: And uh, having a delicious meal. <laughs> uh, I also uh, I hope everyone else had a, a good meal mm. uh, and as much fine company as these strange times allow. Mm. Happy 2021 when it comes to dragsters and sneakers alike. Uh, Thank my... you, Chris. Uh, our friend Louise uh, writes. For Christmas dinner, we made a turkey with stuffing and gravy, mashed potatoes, yams, a finished carrot and rice casserole, roasted Brussels sprouts with bacon bits, and a chocolate Yule log. Mm. Uh, My sister and I also also made lefsa, which is a Norwegian flatbread that our aunt used to make. Uh, When she got older, she started needing help, so we'd have a lefsa-making party at her house with her and her son's wives. Uh, If you ever get to see the movie, uh, Her and Her Son's Wives... It is one of Woody Allen's uh, <laughs> underrated films, but uh, Michael Caine does a very nice job. At it.
0: Michael Caine. Uh,
1: Michael Michael Caine. I My- use My- are, are you son's wife? Yeah. that's good. Left side. that's really good. Left side um, Why do we fall? Why does left side fall? Um, since her passing a few years ago. Yeah. Sorry, we, we gonna. It was a tender story, and we joked around. Okay, let's get uh, let's get settled. And, uh, and what are sincere.
0: we? What are we? A couple of jokesters. Since
1: her passing a few years ago, uh, we've been carrying on the tradition. That's very sweet. Uh, We also did a Christmas Eve dinner. My sister made a tortillere. I made a baby Yoda pavlova.
2: (laughs) And (laughs) a lime
1: curd and apple raisin and cranberry compote. Uh, That that may seem like a goofy theme for a Christmas dessert, but the sci-fi and fancy trope of special child in peril does have biblical parallels Mm -hmm. in the stories of baby Moses in the basket on the Nile, yep. and Mary and Joseph fleeing to Egypt
0: sure. with baby
1: Jesus. Sure. And that's why I always put some jam on my door, uh, you know, to hope, hopefully, yeah. uh, you know. You hope
0: things. the Holy Spirit will pass by.
1: That's right. Yeah. And go like, hey, ugh, jam.
0: Sticky. <laughs> what a mess.
1: Uh, Sarah Walsh writes, the only turkey I ever have is either...
0: Oh, sorry. Can I just interrupt you? I just I, want to say yeah, when... Well, yeah, I just want to please s- do Louise, I, I was reading uh, your last comment with your Trollope uh, stuff to to my daughters because I'm, I'm so pleased that Sneakers have been reading Anthony Trollope uh, based on my recommendations. It just makes me so happy. So anyway, carry on. Here.
1: Excellent. All right. Um, why not make a New Year's resolution, everybody, to read more Trollope? Yes. Uh, Sarah Walsh writes, The only turkey I uh, ever have is either ground turkey mixed into something else, or proper turkey prepared by other people. My sister's boyfriend's family. Oh, if you ever get to watch the movie, My Sister's Boyfriend's Family,
0: (laughs) another Woody Allen movie,
1: underrated Jodie
0: Foster. Oh, Jodie Foster. Okay,
1: but it's uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good, and there's a Mel Gibson cameo. At I was going to say,
0: is that the one that stars Mel Gibson? Yeah,
1: it was. She cameo just cameo at the end where he's got the beaver puppet. Okay, and it's uh, it's uh, shitty.
0: She just um, can't stop. Oops, she just can't stop supporting Mel Gibson, and so it's, it's, it's interesting.
1: She can. Uh, my sister's boyfriend's family makes deep fried turkey every Thanksgiving, and that seems to keep the moisture in pretty well.
0: Mm. It sounds dangerous. Though. Yeah. Um, uh, well, of course, there's you know, go on YouTube and just look, put up. You know, deep fried turkey and you'll find a million, million videos of people like (laughs) walking around on fire. But I, I assume that if you like figure out the displacement before you start, then you're okay.
1: Yeah, I say um, look up Alton Brown's uh, device for lowering the turkey into the oil as well. Okay. He uses a he uses a ladder and a pulley system. Sure,
0: sure, that a, makes sense. He's
1: a good distance away. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, it's surprisingly good. It's not breaded or anything, just regular turkey, mm-hmm. but cooked in a pot of oil instead of an oven. Of course, you're also risking explosion. Yeah, we just mentioned that. <laughs> if you're it wrong, so that's probably best left to those who know what they're doing. Unfortunately, oh, the me. people who think they know what they're doing usually <laughs> don't know what they're doing. And again, as
0: David says, check YouTube for some hilarious burn burn victims. Yes. Uh, um, but my problem with ahead. my problem with the deep fried turkey, which does sound does sound interesting, but i I am such a I am such like like here. I'll be honest right now. Like the the Dude. order of priority in terms of like what I want to eat in my Christmas or Thanksgiving meal is top by stuffing slash dressing if you prefer that term for it that is the top turkey is not anywhere near the top in terms of my favorite part of the meal like turkey is essentially like the the transport device to get the stuffing onto the table so so that's like the most important thing and like you can't have it if you deep fry it though you can't put the the stuffing inside the turkey and then deep fry it so i just i'm interested in it but i'm just not that interested in it because it just it, it 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 kind of ruins the whole you know purpose of the turkey for me anyway.
1: All right, there we go. Asked and answered.
0: Uh, <laughs> no, hate, one, no one, asked, but I still answered. <laughs> uh, I
1: hate cooking, so uh, yeah. so I usually leave it to others to mm. handle the holiday meals. Uh, 2020 being 2020, I didn't do much for Thanksgiving or Christmas. I did the same for both holidays. I got a frozen uh, turkey, stuffing, mashed potatoes, dinner, and microwaved that. So glamorous. <laughs> Uh, I had intended uh, to ask this at the end of my email, but it got so long that I forgot. But I did want to ask, how do you record a podcast both before and during the pandemic? Hopefully that isn't too boring a question to answer on this show, but I've been curious for a while what kind of mics, software, and other hardware you use. I am particularly interested in this silence uh, analyzing thing you use. <laughs> I think I understand fairly well what it's doing, but I'm curious what app plugin uh, it actually is. I uh, hope everyone is, has a happy new year and happy new year to you as well. Uh, the one for... difference between how we used to do the podcast and how we do it now is we do it over Skype which is why I sound echoey and far away <laughs> um, and uh, we used to do it yeah, uh, just feet from each other but we can't now because we're deadly um, but didn't, did we put up something in the past uh, as to the, the technical specs as to how we do the podcast date
0: i don't think so i think we filmed something but we never we did,
1: fill, we did film a thing but i think that you haven't had a uh uh, uh we didn't put anything uh, on this message board about the specifics of uh, i don't
0: i don't remember doing i made I i don't remember doing that though so.
1: okay but we do have a video you are right
0: <laughs> but it's not available we should do that no, but we should
1: we should put that video up because uh, yeah. uh, i have been talking to um, uh, our friend uh, and my sister in law Vicky yeah. about uh, about getting up, so uh, we'll uh, we'll look into that. But, uh, but
0: the sh- okay, the short uh, the short answer is yes. We short answer is- we formally we formally recorded in the same room together. Uh, the mics we use, I can't remember what they're called. I'm sorry, uh, Apex. They're condenser mics. I'm not sure the number though, but that's what. And then we have a Mackie mixer. So the the thing is, when we started the show, we we kind of like built slowly up to where we are now. Like when we first started, we had We had a um, Tascam digital, uh, sorry, analog to digital, um, whatever you call it, the device that converts your analog signal to a digital signal. So I guess it's a converter, and we could plug two mics into that, and that's what we used for a while. Then our first sort of upgrade was I uh, we got a Mackie mixer that had four mic ports in it, so then we could have guests on the show. That that was kind of our first stage. So then we. We had we ran the mixer into the converter into a laptop to record. and then we stopped using the laptop and we moved to using uh, Ian bought a zoom recorder, uh, a digital recorder, and so we we moved to recording, but we still plugged into the mixer into the recorder. and so that's how we did it uh, together in the room. and so we you know we would just record into the digital recorder. I would you know hopefully get the SD card home in one piece and plug it into my computer. And do it there. And so the editing software I use is very simple. It's just Audacity, which is freeware. You can download it uh, from the internet, and it's completely free to use. It's very simple. It's probably you know not as complicated as some people would want from, you know, like in terms of like editing music and stuff like that. But just for doing like, because basically it, the digital recorder records as a stereo, uh, stereo recording. I just mash it into mono to make make our our files smaller for, for people to to download when they want to listen to it, and I just make it into a model thing, and I order I do it in Audacity, and Audacity is, you know, it's over time has had people add things to it. One of the things they added was um, like a very nice noise reduction software, and you know, if you ever li- listen to like a a, a raw piece of of our recording in like an Ian's old office, and you would just like hear the roar of traffic the whole time, but it would just like almost silence it completely, except obviously for like the sirens and stuff that were just sort of you know odd noises or bus hisses and things would kind of come through, but the the hum of traffic would be completely removed. It was amazing, and then the other great piece of it is a thing called truncate silence. Which will, if there are like extended silences, will cut those out and squish them together, and it makes Ian and I sound much more on top of things and witty than the reality is, where we like hum and haw and hesitate before we say things.
1: And a lot of dar, <laughs> <laughs>
0: dar, and hopefully you just keep your dars quiet, so then they don't interrupt. You know, they don't, they don't, you know, make the silences uh, longer. But now that we're recording, and so when I started doing listening party for Mary and I, I bought a very cheap. A mixer for home. It's not a nice one like our Mackie. It's a very cheap Behringer. It just has two ports for the microphones. And so what I do now is I I talk through the microphone into the digital digital recorder. So I still sound pretty good. Ian is talking into his into his microphone in a in a in a room at home. And that is I just hit my microphone. Uh and that will um and so what I do there is I have a cord plugged into the two cords plugged into my computer. One runs from the the ear earphone plug-in the headset plug-in and that goes into my into my input on the mixer and then i have an output that runs back to the computer and plugs in to the microphone plug-in and so that way ian can hear me talk through the microphone and i can hear ian talk through his microphone into this computer and it all gets recorded onto my digital recorder which i purchased at the beginning of the pandemic because i figured we'd be doing this for a while and i wanted to have a, a Kind of a fairly foolproof way. It's proved proven to not be as foolproof as I thought. Oh, and in fact, Ian, uh, last week when you and Jason and I hung up on each other—not on each other—but when we hung up after talking to each other, um, I next thing I knew, I found the SD card in my hand, and then I just had this panicky thought that I had ejected it without mm-hmm. stopping it, and that would be—that would mean that the show didn't get recorded, of course, because it has to. This recorder requires me; it, it's not recording actually recording onto the the SD card it's just recording into its own memory it then puts it onto the SD card when i press stop which i discovered much to my horror when we were recording a show a while ago and we lost it entirely and so so i thought that's what would happen because i just couldn't i couldn't remember what i did i was just like so pleased that we recorded and i was happy You know, we'd had such a fun conversation and I was so jolly and chuckly, and we hung up and I'm, (laughs) and next thing I know, I'm holding the SD card in my hand. I'm just like, fuck, did I I not stop it? Oh my God. I had to go outside and like walk around in a circle for a while. I was like sweating. I came back in, hands shaking, put, put it into my little SD card adapter in my computer and then you know, opened it up and looked at it and there, there the files were. And I was just like, oh my God. Oh, thank God. Oh, you know, fan my face with my hands. Oh boy. Oh man. That was a, that was a shock. But anyway, that's what we do now. Besides that part where I, I have the heart attack, I just would like to avoid that, but that's generally the way that we do it. And so it's pretty simple. It's just a, just a, um mine's a Tascam digital recorder. Ian uses a Zoom at home and just audacity on the computer, and it's free. Like you know, because when we started, the idea was to do it as cheaply as we could. I think more, more, um, to me, more intimidating than all that. Though that was intimidating. Our very first show, if you care to go back and listen to it, it's still it's a it's us talking, so it's it's great. We nailed it. Oh yeah, we nailed it out we of the. Our, harder, yeah. But the problem was is is that the mics I brought didn't work with the with the digital in with the digital interface. So when we plugged them into it. We it was real weak sauce, like you could barely hear us talking through those microphones. And they would be fine if they were plugged into like a PA or whatever and you were using them live. They would be great. And in fact I had used them with my with my mini displayer, I'd use them as a as an interview mic. Um, I'd set it up and I had it sitting between me and another person and they worked great. So I don't know what the so for whatever reason it just didn't work that well. So I had to go I had to go and buy the condenser mics that we use. So we do use condenser mics, which I've heard people who are real podcasters don't like those mics because you do end up with like the situation where you get a lot of room noise or, or, or you know, room atmosphere in your voices when you're talking. But I don't know, just the way Ian likes to kind of back away from the microphone, that's just how he likes to record. So I find the condenser mics work a lot better. And, and usually when it's just us in a room together, you can get rid of those sounds more easily. And we sound like professionals, but that's fine. So there you go. Yeah. I hope that answers somewhat your question. If you have any more, email me. I'll be happy to answer.
1: And uh, our friend Edward uh, Drogansky writes, and it's the last letter. Oh, Ed! Least, uh, so uh, do we have any emails as well, or is this the No, last, no the one, no one emailed. Uh, there we go then. So Edward, you are the uh, true last—not just <laughs> the last uh, today, but the last of 2020. Yes, you're the last of the last, Edward. Well done.
0: You're the um, last, Edmund. I forget it. Forget it. Can't and do it. the
1: last shall be first, and the first shall be Ed. <laughs> Edward. Uh, as you read, uh, last episode's comments, as you read last episode's comments, I realized I was the only one that didn't wish you both a Merry Christmas.
0: Yeah, we noticed, we noticed. <laughs> well, to be fair to Ed, he did send us that, uh, really nice Christmas card via email of the, the Marx Brothers as snowmen. And in fact, you know what? I'm going to post that on this week's, on this week's, uh, end of show thingy. And so that will be, uh, that will be Ed's Christmas greeting to not just us, but everyone.
1: That's good. So I guess I'm an ass for that. Oh,
0: no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Uh,
1: I'm, uh, I, I, and by the way, if you were a Christmas ass, that is what brought Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem. That's so right. There's nothing wrong with being a Christmas ass.
0: That's right. And also, it's a well-known fact that the, the donkey was wearing a hat. And yeah. so ass hat is also a great compliment because that kept the, the donkey dry on the journey to Bethlehem.
1: That's right. You don't want to have... Uh, anyway. Um... <laughs> I'll properly wish you both a happy New Year. You're going to
0: say something about leaving your ass uncovered?
1: I properly wish you both a happy New Year (laughs) in a way to make up for omitting any Christmas message. I think I speak for all of us when I applaud your success at bringing a sneaky dragon all the way to 2020. Not an easy task, so we all thank you greatly. You are very welcome, and uh, it wasn't easy, you're right, but we appreciate the thanks. Um, I really enjoy Jason as a guest. He is funny and lively. Too bad Boxing Day only comes once a year. I like his contributions uh, to the podcast. If you're reading this, Jason, great job.
0: (laughs) I will pass that on to him. uh, He'll appreciate hearing that.
1: Nice romp through all your Star Wars grievances, guys. My (laughs) head was spinning by the end of the segment. If there was uh, ever a podcast I wish I was part of, this was it. Being a lifetime card-carrying member of the Star Wars fan club, please direct any questions towards me if needed. David prefers one source to defer to. Let me be that one source for you. I have almost 44 years of experience, so you what? have been a Star Wars fan since a long time ago.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, Ian was correct about the Sarlacc. That Oh, boy, that is an interesting phrase to read. Uh, It uh, feeds <laughs> off its prey as a source of survival and becomes a living hell. Yeah. for those who are its victims. C-3PO translates Jabba the Hutt's words to Luke and Han in Return of the Jedi that you'll be slowly digested over a thousand years in the pit of carcoon. There have been a few stories concerning, concerning Boba Fett's escape from the Sarlacc. If I remember correctly, one was in the comics where he either crawled out and was grafted to several other bodies from being digested along with them, ew, but survived because of his armor. Uh, there was another story too, where he remotely positioned the Slave One to lower a grappling cable into the pit and pull him out. Either way, he's back! <laughs> and on top
0: of the Star Wars fandom.
1: Uh, Boba, who you mentioned was introduced in a cartoon on the one-time aired Star Wars Holiday Special, was also the Kenner mail-in figure-offer in 1979. This kind of mysterious character did fascinate fans with a kind of less-is-more sensation, kind of the way Darth Maul... Uh, did the same way 20 years later. But Boba's really huge claim to fame is the highly sought-after prototype of the Kenner figure offered in 1978, the one that actually shoots missiles from its backpack. Uh, Just this past July, the figure sold at auction for a quarter of a million dollars, the holy grail of Star Wars collectibles. The Boba Fett figure that collectors received did not fire the missile uh, due to safety measures. Only a dozen or so of the rocket firing prototype Boba Fett figures exist, and there is a link about this. Uh, here, are you asking us to give you ask you Star Wars things? I will ask you this Star Wars thing. Um, Darth Maul, uh, he shows up in uh, your um, uh, your uh, your uh, Han Solo uh, movie, the Solo movie. Uh, how'd that guy um, survive? He got split in half last time I saw him. He was falling down a tube, both bits of him. I understand probably it's a Clone Wars uh animated thing but how do you survive getting cut in half like that explain it to me
0: hey anyway. where, where uh, does it fall in the in the in the chronology though well because uh, isn't you know, the hand solo solo movie would take place before the star wars films
1: no 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 oh i see
0: but before the prequels though. The, uh,
1: prequels yeah so yeah, yeah yeah so uh how's uh how's uh dark maul uh, fall down a two all cut in half at the midriff <laughs> and uh I mean, I understand that's a clean cut, yeah. and it probably yeah. does.
0: Yeah, they are able to put know, Luke's um, hand perfectly. back on. What's that? They are able to put Luke's hand back on.
1: Yeah, there's a difference though between uh, getting <laughs> sliced in your, and your and your gut clean through and your hand being cut off.
0: Well, you don't know what you don't know what kind of great technology they had in those times that were a I long time don't ago. Know
1: what alien uh, race uh, Darth Maul is? Yeah, part of it could
0: be that. part part gecko. Could be.
1: That's is, that is true. Or he could have been, like, I understand that he's cyborg now from the waist down, but maybe he was cyborg before.
0: He didn't know and that his nickname just, was El Gecko.
1: Oh, my stars. Uh, anyway, <laughs> and he, he works for Geico. Uh, now that my nerdism <laughs> is out of the way, oh, is it? Uh, I'll confess that neither I nor Susan have ever cooked a turkey. We let my dad, who was quite a cook, make the bird if needed. Due to the scaling down of gatherings this year, we did not have my dad's turkey. He's uh, quite busy caring for my mom, who has recently had multiple surgeries and relies on him for help. So uh, we're wishing uh, them the best.
0: Best wishes to your mom.
1: Um, And and your dad and your whole family. Uh, When dad does cook for us all, his secret is to brine the turkey hours in advance, and he swears by this process. My dad used to swear a lot in the holidays as well. (laughs) Um, He attempts to educate Susan and I on how to brine our own turkey, but we haven't uh, the need to make such a huge meal for just us. I will admit though, his turkey is tender and always perfectly cooked. So he's on to something about this brining method. Uh, I brine uh, chickens. Uh, yeah. There's no going back once you started brining. Can I can I ask okay.
0: you a question then about brining? Because he was asking about it this year, saying suggesting that we try brining. Yep. So you brine the bird before yep. you cook it. Yeah. Do you do you cook it wet? Like do you just take so- it out of the Okay.
1: No, you do not cook it. away, you dry it off with okay. paper towels. Okay.
0: Yeah. And then, so supposedly the salt has impregnated the the meat. Then.
1: Yeah, and the, and the other uh, flavors hopefully have uh, have uh, gotten in there. Like we'll. Uh, we'll I
0: hope you don't use do MSG in this. Uh, so oh, when well, you,
1: I, you know what that wouldn't be bad. Uh, you can <laughs> use like a, you also use like a little bit of sugar and some uh, soy sauce or something. Okay. Okay. There's uh, there's other options that okay. you can uh, do, but that's a basic one. It's like salt, sugar, soy sauce. That's a, that's a pretty basic chicken brine. Okay. It's also good for um, just like chicken breasts. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to be doing a whole chicken. Let's think, it, let's uh, think it's put too
0: sexy lemon here. Lemon
1: in there, some garlic is also good. Uh, You know, if you're a kind of person who fancies a bay leaf, put a bay leaf in there. Yeah. Yeah, you, uh, it'd be fine. Uh, honey, also good. Rosemary. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, you know how I've, chicken works.
0: I have been described in my life as a real rumpole of the bay leaf. So that's... uh. <laughs> Uh-huh. Well, that's no, just, that's, that's just, good, good to know
1: because a, I'm picturing a doctor saying, "I'm sorry, but <laughs> your Bay is looking <laughs>
0: oh, no. Uh The um, yeah, Eve was talking about it this year, and I kind of I poo-pooed it because I wasn't sure how it would affect the stuffing uh, procedure. But that sounds like they're unrelated to each other. So
1: unrelated. Yeah. You, dry, you dry the chicken mm. uh, or turkey uh, after you've taken it out with well, uh, paper towels, inside and out.
0: Definitely, and, then... and I'm putting up my finger, two fingers, in Scott's honor. Definitely gonna try that next year then. Yeah. Pro- probably All for right. Thanksgiving because uh, that, that's that's the just first
1: just one. let just say you know if you're just cooking chicken breasts as well, throw them or chicken thighs, mm-hmm. throw them in some brine like the night before. And, sure, uh, sure. Uh, right. and I also would let you experiment a bit with flavors and see what you dig and what you don't. Uh, instead of turkey this year, my dad uh, still cooked, but he made everything in advance when he had time, and much less for just uh, the few of us who visited on Christmas Day. We had stuffed ricotta shells with homemade sauce and meatballs, my grandmother's recipe. He also uh, bought a small turkey breast and some stuffing, cheesy potato casserole and macaroni and cheese for the sides. Well, that sounds very nice. Yeah. Uh, most of what was left over went home with my brother, who is legally blind, so he doesn't have to make trips uh, walking to the store for a while. Also very nice. Uh, once again, thank you for making the extra effort for all of us. Uh, it's not something uh, you have to do, but we're glad for all your work. Uh, we all enjoy these podcasts so very much. Thank you so much. That means uh, the world to us. So thank it, you. It does. Yes. And we need some questions for this week. Oh
0: my Ooh, gosh! Oh boy. So let's Day hear your y- New Year's, so New Year's okay. resolutions.
1: New Year's resolutions. Sure. Let's go with. Uh, let's go with. Uh, let's go with the, the New Year's resolution. Let me ask you this. Uh, oh, here's a question. Okay. We talked about name. What were you almost named?
0: Oh, that's a good one. Did I mention? Okay. Yours was Patrick. Almost wow. Patrick.
1: Yeah. Because Patrick was on my birth certificate, was uh, was Patrick?
0: Oh, I see. My, I see. It
1: got changed when I was adopted, but uh, mm-hmm. I was almost Patrick.
0: Huh. And now, uh, if you were a Patrick, would you would you prefer Patrick or Pat or Rick?
1: Oh, I would prefer uh, Patty.
0: You would prefer Patty? Yeah,
1: just call me Patty.
0: You're being not being serious.
1: I am not being serious.
0: At all. <laughs> so I was being serious. Uh,
1: I would not want to be called Pat. Yeah. It's just like that's so no good. <laughs> uh, no, no offense to any Pats out there, but yeah. Uh, um, I guess Patrick.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hey,
1: Patrick. Patrick, I don't know. It seems like someone's always mad at you.
0: <laughs> well, if people are talking about hockey and they keep talking about a hat trick, you'd be like, what? Oh, sorry.
1: Yeah, maybe Rick. I might go with Rick. Yeah. Because yeah. okay. yeah. uh, I sound like a uh, spy.
0: Hey, <laughs> That's right. You sound like a guy who runs a uh, bar in Casablanca.
1: Yeah, I do. I sound like... Uh, oh, you mean the guy... You mean Rick?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rick. <laughs> yeah,
1: it does. Rick does sound a lot like Rick. I can't deny that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's great so I mentioned earlier in the show that I was almost an Andrew but my dad um, my dad vetoed that in favor of David the name of his friend so uh, yeah I could have been an Andrew and I would have preferred Andrew
1: now you know what I will throw in as well uh, what were you almost named and is there anything you'd rather be named
0: Hmm. Mm.
1: You pick your own name
0: yeah huh yeah I like that and
1: what, what would you do
0: alright so let me just write that down What was? please it? do
1: And don't pop anything out of the thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Named. Mary will love this too. Mary loves names. Mary loves names so much. Speaking of Mary... I just want to let people know that uh, the, the newest episode of Sneaky Dragon Listening Party is out. In fact, we could call it Sneaky Dragon Caroling Party, because this week, for this episode, I, I went through my favorite Christmas songs and chose a, a solid 24 songs, and Mary and I zipped through them for... It's it's a longish episode, but not crazy long. But uh, yeah, listen to us, talk about, talk about uh, Christmas carols, and... Enjoy Mary's outrage at my uh, attempt to bring in a, a new way of measuring how, how popular a song will be. Uh, let me just say it's called the Christmasometer, and Mary did not like it at all. So uh, you could also enjoy that. That's there we go. this this uh, week's if, episode of Listening Party.
1: If you want to, uh, if you want to listen to any of our uh, past episodes of either Listening Party, Sneaky Dragon, or I'll, I'll even go full Marks, totally Tintin, completely Beatles. Uh, you know all the all the things we've done. Uh, There's another one that I'm probably forgetting. Uh, Then you go to SneakyDragon.com, and that's where they all are. Now, we asked you just a little while ago, uh, hey, uh, these questions, how do you answer them, you say? Well, I'll tell you. You go while you're already there. You're already there at Sneaky Dragon. I just told you. So you go to Sneaky Dragon, and then you go to the episode that you're listening to today. Okay, click on that. What now? Underneath it, message board. Boom! That's exactly where you put it. And uh, we might respond to you. We might not. We might read it on the air. We might not. It's, uh, you know, there's no guarantees in this crazy 2021 world we are entering into. Uh, But we are entering the 21st century with the year 21. This is all now legally able to drink in the States. Um, (laughs) If you would rather email us, you do so at SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. If you're the type of person who likes Facebook, don't let me stop. You can go into our Facebook page. And, uh, and putting stuff there and if you like Twitter sure at sneaky underscore dragon If you like tumblr sneakydragon.tumblr.com can't go wrong. If you like uh, hey I like uh, giving a little bit of money at the end of the year to things I like to listen to and uh, watch and whatnot here's how you do that. We are on patreon now you can either go to the sneaky dragon page there's our patreon link is there or you can go to a uh, patreon app and uh, and then enter sneaky dragon. And, you know, if you want to throw in like a a buck, uh, five bucks, a hundred bucks uh, a month, if it's a hundred, you're a crazy millionaire. Um, But uh, we would appreciate that. That'd be fine. And here's what you get at every tier. uh, The same thing. So that's how we play it. Everyone gets the same thing. Is that communism? I don't know. You tell me. I, I don't know. All I know is that uh, Dave won't stop talking about this Marx guy and how he's got some good ideas. I, it might be Groucho he's talking about. It might be Carl. I don't know. I say listen to the full Marx podcast and figure it out for yourself. There you are. Uh, but I have to go to I have to go to the dump. Yes. Uh, now uh, and, uh, and our our uh, our good friend uh, Nina Matsumoto is uh, going to be getting uh, wed uh, this uh, this weekend. So we're going to wish her. Uh, happy happy wedding! Yes, and uh, we are going to congratulations uh, wish her, Nina. Wish her uh, handsome groom <laughs> Bob Mackey who has been a guest on our show uh, a couple of times, also uh, all the best. I'm glad those uh, kids have found each other, and we wish them all the love in the world. Yeah, uh, and we wish you as well. Uh, I'll spread some of that love your way. Hope I hope your coming year is a good one. Hope the last year wasn't as bad as it seems like it was. Uh, but uh wishing you the best for everything that's coming uh coming your way. We are on your side. Uh and uh and so happy happy new year to you. Anything else you would like to say, Dave?
0: No, I just like would like to second your comments and say happy new year to everyone out there. And uh is is uh happy Hogmanay, is that also a New Year's thing?
1: Sure, let's do that. Sure. And if you've got anything you need taken to take into the dump, uh, I'm just going right now. So it's a, uh, just, go, just go to Dave's house and just throw it on his lawn, and I'll eventually get it and take it.
0: That's our third question of the week. Do you have anything you'd like taken to take into the dump?
1: And the answer was 2020.
0: <laughs> All right. I'll be taking that to the dump right away. I like, yeah, I like the fact that you're doing a symbolic dump run at the end of 2020. That's really good.
1: At the end of the year, it's good to take a big dump.
0: Yeah. and um, End on a metaphor.
1: Thank you so much for listening. I've been Ian. I've been David and you know this is a sneaky dragon we're still here yep i'm glad you are too bye
0: bye everyone